not square. You like the conference tournaments more than the NCAA tournaments here in Vegas. But, hey, that's kind of stale. So I'm not sure. Addition. AJ, what do you like better? I like the NCAA tournament, though I did attend a conference tournament game last night. How what, Did you get comped? Uh, it was free entry. <laughs> it was an opening round game for a for the WAC tournament. My wife went to school at one of the schools that was playing, so we decided to go watch. Uh, there was about 25 people in the crowd. I was selected out of the crowd to do a game at halftime for entertainment. To do a game? Yeah. What does that mean, do a to game? To basically be like the halftime entertainment, like compete against someone else. But what was the ga- game? There were two pennies. In the bottom of a pair of pantyhose, and the first person who could get both pennies out of the pantyhose won a prize. And the poor girl just had to sit and endure it? Yeah. No. (laughs) 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 I mean, because you see AJ just groping like she's a sausage sandwich. I I saw AJ and his UFC YouTube fight. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So this was what fight is on YouTube? Uh, I think it's my very first fight. Full forward guillotine. I will never look at AJ the same. I am in fear. <laughs> now, that was a long time ago. Long, it was 10 years ago, like the, a week ago. That's oh, why okay. it popped so up in memories. Like yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It was like 180. I don't know. Maybe 195. I, I weighed my, my weigh in weight was 185, but on fight day, I was 209, probably. I had a friend who was a big baseball player back in high school. school did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Glory days. All right, let's go. You know what's funny? We're starting off on his fight. We spent 10 minutes talking about Andrew Luck quitting on his team during the uh, straight out of Vegas. I'm not sure why it was applicable. Necessarily. I guess it was the Colts have been in disarray at yeah. quarterback since. You should have seen his opponent quitting, tapping out. Hey, Tried listen. to punch him one and a half times, and that was it. One thing I'll say about AJ, he's got steely determination. I don't know what that means. It means good. Okay, I like like, it. All right. It's like steel. Okay, now we are going to blaze through some stuff, and then I am going to take my leave because we got – well, because let's be candid. You two know college basketball a lot more than I do, so I won't even get in the way. And and obviously (laughs) AJ is the specialist. Fezzo, listen, you've stepped up. I mean, this is what you do. You're you're like a hit-and-run guy. Oh, it's it's November, nah. But now the be, you know there's, there's gonna be a bunch of in game you're getting ready for. I you know you were on the pod on Sunday and uh, or Monday released a lot of good reviews on the basketball specialist pod for Fez. Yeah, right? and, and Fez it, to his credit, and he sends me some texts. He gets great information. Vito gives it. To yes. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and listen, well, and I have to tell you this story. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go go. So AJ gives me like this great information on Nuga, Tennessee Chattanooga, and I agree with it completely. So I fire on Chattanooga at 5 a.m. AJ gives it out at 7 a.m. You know what's going to happen here. If you bet it at 5 a.m., you won. If you bet it at 7 a.m., it moved. Well, I thought you had Chattanooga to win the tournament. I did have Chattanooga to win the tournament. But we're talking but about he, the game. He doubled the game. down and laid two, and Chattanooga one by one. So really what you're saying here, Faz, if we can cut through the obscured elements here is AJ was lazy. No. No, think about it. <laughs> what you just said was you woke up at five o'clock and one 
And AJ woke up at seven and lost. But I'm the dirtiest player in the game. I I took his play. Exactly. But he told me the night before. But here's the thing. It wasn't enough that you got a winner from him. It was you had to rub it in that it that he he lost by choice is what you're really saying. He chose to lose. These are expensive lessons that I'm learning. He is not allowed to sleep. There's no sleep. There's no sleep. There was no the line was not the night before. The line came but, up but, at four thirty in the morning. But it, it, you were able to bat it somehow. I was up, and you're almost. I mean, you're in your fifties. He's like ten plus years younger than you. He and, was fighting. He was fighting MMA like a decade ago. Can't and get up. Twice as strong. You think he'd still be on Midwest? Do you see what he does though? He is the dirtiest player in the game. It's Bush League psycho stuff. <laughs> Laughable, man. I got T-shirts <laughs> coming to prove it. You know what's funny, though? When I set it up that way, he couldn't even... He went... Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> you didn't even see that, did you, AJ? No. I tell you, I'm here to make sure everyone knows how the game plan everyone else is doing. Showtime! Woo! We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk a little NBA. We've got a system that... Faz, you I, you really have brought it to the forefront amongst our crowd, and there's a real interesting element of how the market's moving. Another time you're getting up early. Yes, sir. And then you guys are going to do – I got to take credit for this. I asked AJ, the specialist in college, it doesn't matter when he wakes up, he's still the specialist. If he's asleep, how much does he know? I don't know. Nothing, I guess. And I'm, Who knows more college basketball, me awake or you asleep? You awake. Mm-hmm. That's a lesson. That is. <laughs> and it, it, the sad thing is on East Coast time, everyone was up and waiting. They were, yeah. When's he going to update? 10 o'clock? Yep. Why not the night before? It wasn't available. Tur- well, these comp- it, the conference tournaments. with a target line? I've gotten uh, reprimanded for that. By whom? By well, t- they're wrong. Okay. We'll figure out how to do that because mm-hmm. especially with the tournament, I mean, typically you don't want to do it over. If you can't even wait for the overnights, but this is where they're playing on successive days and thus it, they wait. And then it's unknown when someone's going to come up, but usually when those games end, they got the next round up within an hour. Usually don't they in the main tournament in these, in not the in the conference SoCon. tournaments, it's not until the, uh, the morning of typically four thirty AM. So what you're saying is, him trying to take advantage, AJ, of rogue markets, of, of like almost like betting the WNBA. You're saying that's another reason he had to get up early. <laughs> yes. So you either, bet a ma- you either bet a major conference or you wake the F up is what you're saying. That's right. Or don't go to sleep, by the yeah, way. These are at least like main board games. They're not extra games. Who play- was playing in that game? Chattanooga and Furman. I don't even know what you're talking about. I know. I still think of Mark Furman and, you know, with the glove. and if, Well, and with a lot of other things. The N-word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's what you guys are doing for college basketball. I asked AJ, what are the 12 teams, or what are the teams that can win this tournament, realistically? He went, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. Came up with 12 teams. Now I told him, forced bet on six of them at the current futures price. So six thumbs up, underrated, six thumbs down, overrated. Okay. Then we thought, you know what we can do? We can have Fez do the same thing with those 12, and then you reveal them game show style, and if you disagree, it's a crossfire, and there's a bet. Beautiful. All right. But first, NFL, Aaron Rodgers. Now, we're going to play for you 
our straight out of Vegas conversation on this. It w- it's cut down. We edit it to take away the fluff. A few non sequiturs from AJ. He'll just throw <laughs> things in. Does it? He'll tell it. You know, here's what was cut out. AJ telling a joke, and it, it, you got to name this. Maybe is you just say something that's blatant lie and laugh. So let me try, Fez. Fez, you're 14 years old. <laughs> is that right? No. So give me an example. You don't do well with sarcasm. <laughs> no, but it's not sarcasm. It is sarcasm. You don't understand sarcasm. It's a struggle. I mean, the funny thing is you're smirking when you say that because it, it felt so wrong to say I don't understand something. <laughs> I mean, right or wrong. It, it is, but it, I would say sarcasm is on the, uh, on the low end of things that you have a grasp on. You know what's funny? I'm a sardonic motherfucker. <laughs> it's just not with people's money. Somehow I take that seriously. I was t- today I was talking about you said how many years would my mom have to teach school to make what was 45 million dollars? I said probably like 10. And you said, "Oh, wait a minute. You did but, you but did it again." Let's think about that. Explain how that's sarcasm. It, because obviously a school teacher doesn't make $450,000 okay, a year. I get the idea of saying something wrong, you could say is necessary but not sufficient for sarcasm it has to be a commentary beyond just being wrong it has to say i'm going to say it in a way that has a message it's almost like um here's an example let's say there's a fat guy on like i don't watch it but the bachelor you ever watch the bachelor never okay but you know the concept i do okay so imagine that it's the bachelorette where the girl the woman is making the pick okay and let's say there's two people left and one guy is like, looks like John Candy. He's 400 pounds. The other guy looks like a model. I want to bet the other guy minus 560. Okay, fair enough. But imagine <laughs> it come out and goes, all right, well, she's made a decision and it wasn't a hard one. And the guy goes, the fat guy goes, let me guess, me. That's sarcasm. He's saying, it's obviously not going to be me. I'm going to act like it. So he's saying something that isn't true, but there's a message to it. I don't think just saying a falsehood is sarcasm. So what was the sarcasm by saying that it was uh, 10 years? Because obviously that's not – like there's no way of, of even coming to a realistic calculation how long it would take a school teacher to earn the money that Andrew Luck okay, earned in so his career. Okay, so what you're saying is by giving a low number, you're showing how big the number yes. is. Okay, maybe. I can see it, actually. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. But – but – I think there's a lot. Would you agree? A lot of your jokes that have been just falsities. I think if you'd looked deeper into them, you, but your, your initial it. reaction is instantly, nope, that's a lie joke. I hate those. I okay. thought the brilliance of the SOV today was RJ. I, I, we've done podcasts and shows for 10 years together. He has never used the word closed caption in the entire time. It's not in his vocabulary. That's but, interesting. But then you mentioned that Andrew Luck <laughs> looks, sounds like um, Andre the Giant, and you said, oh, so they had, you had to use a closed caption when you interviewed him, huh? Yeah, because AJ goes, we interviewed him. 100%, you know, spot on, correct usage of closed <laughs> caption right there. I did want to say, I always thought Andrew Luck looked like Andre the Giant when he had that beard mm-hmm. and that funny looking but face. He, but he talks, he talks, he has double in his But mind. he looks like Andre also. Except Andre didn't retire unexpectedly right before WrestleMania 3. 
No, he didn't. And he had and he had tremendous underlying, you know, Back health issues. issues. Yeah, and he's and yeah, he you know, toughed it out. Talk about a contrast. So he basically goes from a gurney. You know, they had they had to cart, if you recall, yep. him in because he, he could not walk. Or, or, or the Detroit Super, yeah. Yeah, with ninety three thousand fans, he could not walk that big walk. They had to bring him in on a gurney. On a big Hogan cart. said he blew out his bicep picking him up, but he he was wrestling the next week. <laughs> Bobby the Brain said we knew Hogan would go for the slam, so we had Andre bulk up so he'd throw out his back. <laughs> Last question. Do you th- do you think Andrew Luck quit on the Colts? Oh, yeah. I mean. You hear anyone in the media, any other I get. I, I get that he maybe he thought he could recover back in March. You know what? But you don't wait until, like, preseason. And you don't. You, what you can say, like, eight weeks before is, guys. July 4th. Hey. I, I'm really doubting I'm going to be able to I do I can't it. throw a Nerf ball still, you know? Yeah. 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 But remember, it can't be about how good he was at that point because he could have just waited to the midpoint. Of the he retired. Yeah. It wasn't about, was he ready for week one? But, yeah, at the very least, you got to say, you know, this is not he going quit on well. His team. This is looking unlikely. And he was and he underperformed as a career based versus expectations. And then what was it? Scott Tolzien? Who took over for him? That was the thing. It was Andrew Luck, Tolzien, Oof. Luck, and then now three other quarterbacks. And now this year, Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, Rivers, and then Carson Wentz. You know, yeah. if you have a J or a Z in your name, like a big, a good Scrabble name, you're a bad quarterback. <laughs> All right, Jim Zorn. Okay. It was good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you see the Under the Giant documentary? That was on HBO? The yeah. Ringer did? Yeah. The one where he was like, where Hogan was saying, like, he, the, Andre wouldn't tell him what was going to happen before. And Hulk Hogan literally said he didn't know if he was going to, like, if he, if Andre was going to let him win because if he didn't want to, he, Hogan couldn't have beat him. So a shoot interview with Hogan isn't really a shoot interview. アンドラザジャイアントハンディキャップマッチマイソンスケアガーデンシリーズ以来のことマリモスカネスアノアドシケタレスヘッドバット押してキックですカウンターカラウマノリになりましたオザイゴムカウンター入りましたアンドラザジ
salary cap. Now, what we know is this team, the Packers, were of a certain goodness the last two years. Aaron Rodgers played as well over two seasons as pretty much any quarterback ever has. That's the starting point. Let's give the guy credit. And still, Green Bay couldn't even make a Super Bowl. Couldn't even make the Final Four last year. Couldn't win a playoff game. Now, we could say block punt is fluky and all that. I think there is some truth to that. But you know how you avoid flukes like that? You win the games by 20 points. And that happens oftentimes, actually. The champion is a team that just wins easily a couple of those playoff games. You can't have every game be a coin flip and expect them all to go in your favor. Now, that was how good Green Bay was, enough to have a coin flip against Tampa. And it was two years ago. It was a coin flip. And they lost at home. And it was a coin flip if, if, if a coin that was 60% towards Green Bay against the 49ers. But you know what? 40%'s happened a good bit, almost half the time. <laughs> so now the question is, how does Green Bay get better? Well, the answer is they don't. They get worse. And the salary cap is the main reason for that. We'll break into the details. AJ, let's get your overarching first takeaway. Well, it's hard to to know how much the salary cap's affected until we get the details because there's been some alleged reporting and misreporting, if you ask Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee, Mm -hmm. on what the details of the contract are. But I tend to agree with you. I I don't know how this team, because you bring back Aaron Rodgers, you bring back Devontae Adams at more money, I don't know how that makes them better than they've been the last two years. And we've talked about Aaron Rodgers' age. You're, You're running out of time and you expect there to be a wall at some point soon I'm not sure that they're any better right now than they were a year ago we know they're not you're right they're not better than they were a year ago and they're down the second favorites okay so let's talk about the reporting and then quote-unquote misreporting I don't quote Shakespeare too often but there is a quote doth protest too much which means, well, when you over, when someone says, oh, you know, you're 50, right? No, 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 I'm 49. No, no, no. It's like, okay, you're really getting worked up over that, aren't you? Okay. Aaron Rodgers and his uh, PR agent, I don't know if that's an official title for McAfee, but, you know, it seems to be <laughs> a role he's playing. AJ, you might be scared to say that. I'm not. Uh, are you scared to say it? I'm not scared to say mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the fact of the matter is that I, let's be candid, and I'm having fun with it, is McAfee has an agenda, which is pro Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? I'm fine with that. But let's be clear about that. And the idea, by all accounts, Aaron Rodgers was going for record-breaking numbers, dollars and cents with this contract. That's the reporting. Then the actual report reports come out that it's four years, two hundred million. All right, I'm going to do some quick math. That's fifty a year. Okay. Now it's very possible it's going to be forty-seven a year. Very possible. But what we know is that for the next couple years, even though his cap hit goes up, you look at Patrick Mahomes. It's well less than that. It was a very truly a team-friendly deal. So. The idea that, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to take 200 or in that range over four years and it's going to be team friendly. It can't be team friendly. It could be this year friendly a little bit. 
So maybe, maybe, you know, Mackenzie, what was this cap hit going to be on the contract as it stood? $48 million. Okay. So they probably make the cap hit 43 on this one. And now they've got $7 million to make up in the next three years. And probably they put that last year, it's got to seven. Maybe even next year is 44. So now they've got 13 to make up over the last two. And it's uh, 50 and 63. That's what's happening here. And we're going to talk as if that's true because there's reporting on it. And there isn't reporting coming back the other way. There's just denials with no details. You can, But what we know for sure is the idea, as Aaron Rodgers is saying, that this is a deal, but we don't really have the terms. We don't have the details. I promise you, here's what you know for sure. Negotiation 101 is that you keep your leverage until you get what you want. Think about the way they do drug, uh, drug deals on, on, in movies. They might say it's a movie. Well, it's the way they do them in real life by all accounts. I haven't been in any major drug deals, but okay, let's say there were 10 kilos of whatever, some white powder. Okay, now they got money. You got the kilos. Do you hand them the kilos and say, get me that money tomorrow? How no. do you think that's going to turn out? Right. You hand it over as the money's handed over, pointing guns at each other. (laughs) All right. Metaphorically, that's what's happening with the lawyers. And I'm not saying there's a contract signed, but I'm certain there's an agreement in principle that would be very difficult to renege on if you're the team. AJ, does that sound right to you? it sounds absolutely right. And you mentioned the leverage that Rodgers have. Like, Rodgers coming out and saying, listen, I we don't know the details, but I am playing for Green Bay next year. And then subsequently, the Broncos trading for Russell Wilson, that was a lot of Aaron Rodgers' leverage, was the, the possibility that he could end up in Denver. That being gone now, I don't think Aaron Rodgers says a word un- unless the, he knew what the deal was. For sure. And, and, and I'll tell you this, forget just that there's one less suitor. I mean, you're right. That's a factor, but it's a small one compared to the fact that imagine Aaron Rodgers coming back and saying, actually, I'm leaving Green Bay. I mean, <laughs> the, the reputational, he, he has no more wiggle room with this crap, is, is everyone would turn on him. He could say, but they promised me something. Well, did they? Um, you know, it, once you start that conversation, Aaron Rodgers lost. So he's not going to let that happen. He's not dumb. So what we know is that Aaron Rodgers, as the kids would say, and I rarely do, got the bag, and he said, stuff it as much as you can. Oh, Mahomes is making what? Uh, I, over 10 years, it's 45. That's over 10 years, the average with Mahomes. And this is four years, and it's going to be around 200, which means it's average of 50? That doesn't count the six additional years. that Everything's going to go up, up, up. I mean... I don't know about exactly, but I don't think anyone's over 40 next year. So if Aaron Rodgers is at 50 and everyone else is at 40, he's making 25% more than the rest of the league. And I'm saying the best of the rest of the league. How that's team friendly, you know, well, again, I, what I believe is it will bring down neck, this cap if he had just stayed by a handful of million. But even then, this year's trouble because they have so many. Now that they pay Adams more, AJ, they got so much money to make up just to feel the same team they had last year. There are four players whose cap hit is more than $40 million next year. One of them was to be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Deshaun Watson is one. 
Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan with the the highest cap hit right now, forty eight point six million. Okay, but those are all I agree in good numbers and really good numbers. But those are all where the end of this deal type balloon situations. Yes. Besides so, Deshaun, yeah, Deshaun was weird. He just signed a new deal. Huh, that's interesting. But they must have thought at the time that's because here's the beauty when you sign a team friendly deal. They can allot it. Let's say that um, like this was a lament I had in grade school and high school. We would have all this time off up until Christmas, and then we didn't have spring break. It, there wasn't such a thing back then. And literally, we'd go from like February 1 till June with like two days off. And it was five-day weeks. But I hated it. I wanted to move some of those days from the summer. I always said, let's take an extra week out of the summer and throw it in April. Well, no, I guess they finally listened when I was out of school. Yeah. Is, <laughs> but, but this is like this with the contract. You've got X number of millions you got to spread out. You can spread them out pretty much any way you want. The signing bonus gets prorated through. But there's different ways they can do guarantees, non-guarantees, voidable. I mean, they're, they're maestros at this stuff, the best of them in the NFL. But net-net, when it's said and done, the amount you pay him is the amount that has to be accounted for over the term of the contract, which is why teams end up getting balloon payments at the end, and then they can't be competitive. This is another prediction. Even though the Packers won't be as good this year as they were last year, the Packers in year three or four of this deal, and four for sure, will not be a competitive team. And that's going to have to do with the, the chickens coming home to roost when it comes to any kind of team friendliness on the 200 that happens this year. Even to bring it down to 43 from 50 would be that kind of issue. And number two, where well, it has to be made up for. And number two, Aaron Rodgers has two years left that if he played at an elite level, it would be okay. Some people have done this. In year three, he enters the territory of age that only Tom Brady has played at an elite level. So you have to be predicting Aaron Rodgers will be the second person in the history of the universe to play well at age 41 and then, you know, 42 for this to be a good deal in year three and four. So I think it's a questionable deal in year three. It's going to be a disaster in year four. And they're not even as good this year as they were last year. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know how th- at the end of this contract there's any. I mean, the the hope would be, I guess, that you're you're either cutting Aaron Rodgers in year four, or there's still you're, a massive hit. It, yeah, you're right. Or, or you he's retiring. Rodgers, you don't think he's going to have this guaranteed? I well, the number the, again. The reporting is, you know. I guess questionable, but the report was that there was over 150 million of it guaranteed. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so yeah, yeah, maybe year four, maybe year four is a pretty much you cut him, and the only issue would be the prorated signing bonus. And if so, this is a little better for Green Bay, though. Obviously, the other side of it is that the number one draft pick, Jordan Love, that caused all this problem. These problems, he's got to get traded now, right? Or what? Because literally the next two years or his last two years until you got to make a decision on the fifth year option. Now, could you imagine paying him 20 some million to be a backup quarterback? No, I. I think at this point, the reason you sign Aaron Rodgers to this deal is you are basically admitting to yourself that Jordan Love is not a, a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Well, let's let's question that premise for a minute. If if Aaron Rodgers let's just say this, it's almost undebatable that he's been the best quarterback of the last two years. He's certainly a top five quarterback the last two years. It's not a debate. 
So now the question is, is it that Jordan Love isn't a starter or is it Jordan Love isn't a top eight quarterback because or top 10? Because you would say at the lower salary, we will take the eighth best quarterback over Aaron Rodgers. I think that's fair. But you don't take the 24th best quarterback. But the 24th best quarterback even at a discount, isn't as good as Aaron Rodgers, but he's still pretty good. It's still a starter caliber, right? So wouldn't you say if you felt like he was going to be 24, you'd still make this deal? Maybe the fair thing to say is they don't think that Jordan Love is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Yes, I agree with that. And and I guess the question is, did anyone think that Josh Allen was after two years? The answer is no. And Josh Allen had worse stats than Daniel Jones after two years. That's just objectively true. So now he's taken a historic leap, Josh Allen has. Now, do we expect Jordan Love to take that? No. The question is, what do they get for him? Because it is a demanding quarterback market, right? Is And we're going to get, obviously, to Russell Wilson. But it strikes me that, that someone might take a chance on him. I mean, who would you rather have a quarterback, Jordan Love next year or Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater. Really? For for one year? Horrible. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. You're so wrong. Because I agree with you that if we say over, under, who's going to win more games that year, that I probably do slightly go to Teddy Bridgewater. But there's no upside to Teddy Bridgewater. If the goal is to win a Super Bowl, you're going to pay him that mid-level starter salary that's still way too much for what he gives you. And... I mean, there's a reason Carolina, remember, Denver took him, but Carolina paid for like 75% of his salary to get rid of him. So now I would make the case he had a slightly better year before he got injured than he did in Carolina. But either way is with Jordan Love, there's at least some chance you've got a lottery ticket, right? A 15, 20% chance that he could be a franchise quarterback. Don't you got to roll the dice with that, I think. I guess so. I, I and I think the the question that you asked is what what can you get for him? Remember the Packers traded up to get him, so they used a first and a fourth round pick on yeah, him. Yeah. You're not going to get that back. Well, I don't know. That's the question. I, I mean, I don't think you will, but I'm not sure that they don't. I mean, obviously, forget the fourth. Right? If they get a first from any team, unless they're not going to get it for him to back up. So if Jordan Love starts. <laughs> You gotta like the over under and that pick being like better than twenty four. But if if we, oh I, yes I do. But if if we are if, if let's just fast forward to a day where Jordan Love gets traded for a first round pick, aren't we coming on this radio show and ridiculing the team that gave up a first round pick for I'm Jordan not. Love? You probably are, but you ridicule everyone. I'm ridiculing it. Exactly. I'm ridiculing it in advance. <laughs> I'm pre ridiculing. I don't think so. What do you think, McKenzie? Well, Jordan Love has 10 and F in inch hands, so he's toolsy. No, I, I agree with you, RJ, 100%. You're looking at upside. Even if it's a 10% chance, I would roll the dice with a guy like Jordan Love. Just see what happens. What, For a first-round pick? Here's if, the if I'm trading the 25th well, pick? Remember, I, I remember McKenzie doesn't value first-round picks. He thinks Trey Lance is worth three of them. Well, listen, we're going to yeah. talk about, in fact, yeah, we're going to talk about soon <laughs> is how much was given up for Russell Wilson compared to Trey Lance. And let's just say this, Trey Lance probably got more, and it's going to be shocking when you look at it. But just to finish this last topic on Green Bay, I think the to kind of reiterate, the market's overreacted to this, that, that it's one thing to say, let's bring back the band from next year. Okay, let's add in, there's some older players on Green Bay, and in general, I think age hurts them 
Aaron Rodgers at the forefront of that. He's hitting the age now where it's tough to still be good. He can be for two more years, at least history says. That third year, it's a wall. Only Tom Brady has been good at the age Aaron Rodgers will be in three years. Okay, one. Number two, even forgetting the aging for a minute. Now that Adams is getting so much more money and Rodgers is reportedly getting so much more money, that means that money, what is it now? I mean, because last year's cap hit wasn't so bad for Rodgers. So let's say it's another $15 million this year and, and Adams has gone up like 10 so it's like just right there. How many different players for 35 are? I mean, it's like it is going to be a gutting of this team, and and they can they can defer some of the pain if they want, but it's still going to be a, somewhat of a gutting. And and to me, it means Green Bay is not as good as last year, and it means they shouldn't be the favorite to or the second favorite or the NFC favorite in this case to win the Super Bowl. Yes. The question I have, RJ, is they, a month ago they were fifteen to one. Now they're eight to one. Yesterday they were twelve and a half to one. What would they have been a month ago had had it been known that Aaron Rodgers was going to be here? There was no doubt. How much right, of an overreaction right is, is there really? It'd be right what it is now. Okay. So I mean, the so only, the overreaction to you isn't what happened today. It's just the general belief in what this Packers team is going forward. If there's one inefficiency in the betting market that I see clearly, it's betters don't have a great feel of the salary cap. And in general, if you look at Atlanta last year, the salary cap people told you the Falcons can't really feel the team unless they do major stuff. And you know what they had to do? They had to sign Matt Ryan to a two-year extension with these monster cap hits just to get it down enough to get like feel the team. And they still had to trade Julio Jones. But people were betting Atlanta hand over fist because they thought, oh, they're going to get the third pick and they have Julio Jones. And it, No. You know, so... To me, the ability to say this team's going to have to make major cuts, this team's got some major money, and that they could do something, that's the kind of predictive betting that most sharp bettors just don't have in their arsenal. And, and, and I think it doesn't – I don't have an experts level knowledge, but I can read you know, sports track. I can read over the cap and – you know, even PFF does rankings of, okay, this team is, you know, if you look at the draft equity plus the free agent equity money they got, how much, uh, where do they rank? And you can see who the best teams and who the worst teams are. So let's do this. Yeah, so there's different ways to look at this. There's some uh, art to it. It's not all science. Like, for example, PFF has, if you just look at how much uh, over the cap they are projected, and this is before the signings and the franchise of Adams today. And literally the, the two worst teams with money that they have to make up to get the cap straight was the Saints were the worst and Green Bay was second worst. And, you know, so if you add up draft capital and everything, you know, 23rd out of 32 and one, maybe 25th out of 32 in the ESPN. But in general, bottom quartile, bottom quarter of the league, is Green Bay's financial situation. And paying Aaron Rodgers $50 million for four years doesn't help that. And paying Adams, a franchise at receiver, tag money doesn't help that. It doesn't. Now, maybe they end up signing Adams to a long-term deal, and it helps. But I'm telling you, if it's linebacker Smith or the Smith brothers, as I call them, or who knows what they're going to lose. They're not adding anyone, and this is a team already – the Packers that wasn't good enough 
Aaron Rodgers a year older, less money to spend on supporting players, not a lot of draft capital. I'm not all that impressed. And again, I would look at the Packers, maybe fifth or sixth favorites to win the Super Bowl, not the second favorites. Last word on this one, AJ. Where would you have put the Packers' chances had Rodgers re-signed for a deal similar to what he was going to make this year, if that was going to be the case for the next three years? Okay. I mean, the like, doubt... You, is, is the overpayment, is that the, the problem to you? It's the problem when this season's main problem was money. Right? Is if it's a normal seat, like everyone's going to say Tom Brady takes less, Aaron Rodgers should take less, because more is good for the team. It's always the case. It doesn't matter how much cap room you have. A little bit more is better. And a little bit less is worse. But when your main problem is cap room and he signs for an amount that they are going to have to do contortions to get under what the projection was for this year anyway. And if they do, it, I'll make you a bet right now that his cap hit is not below $38 million next year. I mean, oh no! I, it'll certainly. I think it'll certainly be over forty. Okay, so if it's over forty, or at least forty, and it was supposed to be forty-six this year, so what? He's going to shave it by two million, but still now, you know, maybe it's forty-four, but now he's got six million to make up. So right. yeah, they can decide where they get the pain, but there's a lot of pain coming the next four years because Aaron Rodgers at that number, <laughs> it doesn't allow the team to fill out otherwise. And if the team is filled out as they were, they still can't win. How do they win with Aaron Rodgers being a year older and the financial cap situation being worse overall and thus less supporting players? It almost makes me feel like they're accepting the fact that the last two years of this deal, there is going to be pain, and that's what they had to deal with to, to push all in for these next two seasons. Which would go against the whole premise of Jordan Love being drafted. The whole premise no, was we're the Packers, and we don't wait to have those couple down years in between quarterbacks. We prepare beforehand, and they missed on that pick. It's going to change. Yep. It looks like it's going to change NFL history. But I, I, again, I think if the Packers had real confidence in Jordan Love, they probably they they probably don't blink in this game of chicken with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much they even blinked because the question is. Is Aaron Rod- I mean, is the debate Aaron Rodgers get? Because if he would have signed for forty-two a year, over four years, ah, okay, it's a little high. But and I'm worried about his age. So if the eight million's the issue, and the alternative is to be like Seattle is, well, let's do this. We're gonna tell you how Seattle is and how bad they are. I mean, well, I'll tell you how bad they are. They're the second worst team in the NFL right now. Okay, Fez, overarching. Aaron Rodgers signs or decides to come back. By all accounts, he's going to be about fifty million a year for four years. But, but the first year he's promised to be cap friendly. The cap, I think, is forty six. Mm-hmm. If so, my guess is it comes in at forty four, forty three this year. Mm. What's your take? It's my, as you heard, it's my proposition. It's my feeling that Green Bay shouldn't be the second favorite, that they're being overrated because their cap situation is precarious. Yeah, so I've got a question first for you guys. What, prior to this news breaking, would you have said was the probability Aaron Rodgers was going to return to the Packers? So there was a market on that, right? So it, it was right around, like, I don't think it ever slipped below, like, minus 150, but I think it was up to 3 or $4 at the end. He was right? a prohibitive favorite. Exactly yeah. where I'm going. So... I'm going to simplify things here. 
if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, you got a chance to win the Super Bowl. If Aaron Rodgers is not your quarterback, you're not winning. You know, you're 100 to 1 plus. Agreed. All right. So if Aaron Rodgers, let's say he had a 75% chance of coming back. All right. That's fair. All right. So if I'm thinking about, well, what should the odds have done for Green Bay? Well, they should have adjusted by about 25%. But that's not what happened. Green Bay was 15 to 1. And then this is back in February. And then Green Bay is now their seven and a half. So their their odds have basically been halved. So what we want to do is convert this to uh, project implied win per, win percentage, right? Yes. Okay. So they basically have gone from a seven percent chance to a fourteen percent chance, and the so the market is saying that Green Bay's chances have doubled. But wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers wasn't 50-50 to return. The whole time he was the favorite to return. This looks like an overreaction in yeah, the odds. But the that fact happened. that it was the fact that it was gonna go improve somewhat if he returned, but go to a hundred to one if he didn't. How how do you account for that in these calculations? Yeah, well, once it once it hits 40 to 1 or 100 to 1, the percent now you're talking about two and a half percent or a zero percent chance. It's not that much different. You know? So so what you're saying is, what I'm saying, this is an overreaction. Yes, yes. And, you know, the one thing that was curious, looking back on this, maybe I missed a bet. Maybe I should, because, I, you know, I don't look real closely at the futures bets because I tend to, like, be lazy. I tend to say, ah, sucker bets, well, cockroach mo- I mean, Yeah, most of the time, I think it was like our fourth year together, the first time you ever gave a future bet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For three years, he didn't find any value. Then you found the Phoenix to win the division. At, <laughs> well, but at even for titles, digits. though, right. you know, now I do think there's, listen, there is a ton of VIG in these markets, uh, sometimes upwards of 40%, which is I mean, it really is atrocious. I mean, I'm not even sure how to explain. Well, I think I know how. Let me see. Cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. But if you shop around, if you say, I want to play every all 32 NFL teams, but I'm going to shop wherever I can get a line, you can get that VIG down to— 12, you think? I, you know, I think once the season's going and everyone's up, I think you can get almost a break even. You know, that this is going to become my homework. I'm going to have to bet forced bet. I got to bet every team in the NFL. I'm not really going to bet it. This, yeah. I'm just going to say this is what the best number. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it for ten bucks a crack? Yeah. So we'll yeah. split it. Go three hundred. We'll put three hundred twenty. Yeah. In. So so I've got to put the same. And and the, my one thing is I I wouldn't be betting the same amount on each team. I should be staggered. Oh. You know. So I should put put ten dollars on the favorite and ten cents on the Jacksonville Jaguars or whatever. But, but it should we do. I never understood that. I always was one to bet a unit on the lay. Like in baseball, if I was playing a plus two twenty, I'd put a hundred to win two twenty. Yeah. And and if I was winning a hundred, I'd win a hundred. Now I'm not saying that's right. But I don't think just winning the same amount no matter what is. But I guess maybe you're right because if we're just looking to see if we could make it where it's a positive EV. Yeah, because be at that point we can calculate, you know, he's going to win or lose. You know, that it doesn't matter who wins. He's indifferent. So why don't we put teams. our bankroll at three hundred twenty dollars and then okay. we're distributed based upon the win percent? I, I like that. Yeah, ten bucks per team. And we'll bankroll, see. We'll up see and down. if we can. And part of this is going to be when to bet. And maybe we maybe we lose, but we say, you know what? We're only we're only going to lose you know eight bucks you know yeah it's going to be it. an interesting exercise but what we can do this is going to be both shopping aggressively but also timing our bets we can bet any time from now like I would say bet the Ravens now the playoffs like we I think wait. there's a couple lines that are I know the Ravens have been dropping but I think there's still value I think wherever we think there's value we bet it now because we know it moves towards the right price so the Ravens finished last in their division mm-hmm. they lost the tiebreak. 
So in the NFL schedule, fourth place schedule. Yes, fourth place schedule. Guess what we have here? The uh, the poor Jacksonville Jaguars. They were fin- they finished last also, so they get to play the Ravens as their fourth place team for that division. That's not kind. No, that but really none. And the of Broncos those teams- are a fourth place team. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. So well, that hurts the rate, but that bad for Jacksonville, yeah. right? Um, and and listen, if you think about it, how many games did the slot matter? And now it's plus one because of that game across conference, the seventeenth game. Mm. So how many was it that the slot mattered before? Because you would play your division six games, you'd play four. At the other division, so that mean that, that you were paired with four with the one paired across the you know and cross then you get conference two, two parity games, and now we get three. Okay, so so you're saying the whole fourth place schedule was only two games yeah, before, yeah, and now it's three, so it's gone up fifty percent, and exactly, and I, I would argue it's gone up infinite amount, and here's why. Because let's say you finish first and I finish fourth, okay, mm-hmm. in a division. I don't get to play myself. So by definition, I've got to play the for a first place team twice. Mm-hmm. And you get to play a last place team twice. Well, now I get two parity games. So I get to play a first place team twice. I get to play the, these field games, a last place team twice. I actually have a fifth a 50-50 schedule because I don't get to beat up on myself because I suck. Okay. So now this is for, for the first time, the way it's set up, I actually get a below average if, if all teams continued to be as good as they were in the prior year. In prior years, my schedule would be exactly um, a 500 schedule team, and now my strength of schedule is below 500. Okay, I don't fully understand, and, and we'll just try one crack at this. I understand the idea you don't play yourself, but and you have to play the division that's your partner division in your same conference anyway, so you play all four teams. So there's two other divisions left, and you're going to play, the four, if you're fourth, the fourth-place team. So you have two games there. Now you have three. Why would that be infinity? Because the, the Lions, for instance, if they were always in last place, they never get to play themselves. They always have to but play. But every year they're going to play two games before this current schedule change. They play two games against the weakest I guess, teams so, in the I guess, other Exactly, but they also have to play two games every year against the Packers, and those offset each other. And I, they never get to play themselves. In their own division. Yes. And this is if only- they were always the last place team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. See, sometimes, you know, there was a guy named Rob Crown that free picks by email years ago. <laughs> you remember him? I don't remember. I, I've never heard of the Crown. He was like a real deep thinker. Like he was, he was very involved with, remember the guy had the daily line, I think it was called. He was like a mm. old school, like almost Larry Grossman type. Mm. that was always telling people they were wrong and he was usually right, you know? And, um, or the daily spread, it was called the Ooh, daily spread. Right. You remember that? No. Mackenzie, look up the daily spread. I bet there's, uh, you might have to go to archive.com. I, I think it's still, look, see if it's still up. There's going to be some people waxing, poetically about how great this stuff was um or it's going to be porn the daily spread oh that's funny <laughs> now that is fun and you deadpanned it that's good stuff not sarcastic <laughs> but good um oh wait a minute oh Mackenzie just just killed you this is awesome the difference between sarcastic and facetious facetious when a person is being facetious they are aiming for humor. The desire is to make a point in an entertaining way. 
Sarcasm, on the other hand, aims to undercut or belittle someone. Else. So what you're saying is this whole time you've been saying, I don't understand how to belittle people. Yeah, you're no, quite right. Yeah, you're very good you're, at that. I was well, wrong. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I stand corrected. <laughs> so facetious would be to say I could beat up AJ. Sarcasm would be to say I could beat up AJ. <laughs> so it'd be both facetious and sarcastic. <laughs> yes. Because who would you be? You'd be belittling because you'd yourself. Because you'd be belittling me, like in my yeah. physical prowess. <laughs> but it says it aims to undercut or belittle someone else. I don't. Well, think no, it'd be, be you. Sa- it'd be you belittling, belittling me. Okay. <laughs> but I, remember, I'm not sarcastic. Yes. AJ said, "I don't even understand it." But you are sardonic. Yes, which is just no. He's a sardonic motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we only allow one f word. Oh, you're and it's s- mine. he's a sardonic mother. Effort. I think I drop f bombs three times at least more when we when it's just AJ and I because you've trained me never use never use profanity um, just in general because you never know when you're on air. Yeah. So, so you just trained your brain. You know what? It's you're it's perfectly fine unless you're a stand up comedian to never use profanity and you'll be just fine. Yeah, especially if you're around your mics and stuff. Yeah. And you're used to it, you know. If you're out with the you know friends, whatever, mother f away. Okay. <laughs> The Daily Spread, it's still out there. But is this the, who's the editor? I can't remember what his name was. Oh, I'm not sure. Let me dig in. Yeah, look at, oh, yeah, Super Bowl 22. So this is, someone just took over the site. Eh, anyway, if you want to do go back into like the 1996, 97 kind of internet and gambling, this was it. Okay, so you're agreeing with me. It seems like the error with Rogers was that the adjustment, right, is... I don't think I think the line was fine at fifteen to one or whatever. I just think this should have went, and, and I think it's gone up a little bit. But it maybe it should go to ten to one. Yeah, I think what happens is that, I agree. I like that ten to one. Is that the books got hit? You know, the news comes out and they take a couple bets. People, you know, are are following Woj nonstop, and they're like. Hmm. They're looking at their futures. They're running their, 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 and they're like, the only team we lose on right now is Green Bay. So let's put a stopper up there. Let's put a number on Green Bay that no one's going to bet Green Bay anymore until we get action on other teams. This is another cockroachy thing the books do. When there's news <sighs> in a futures pool, they will swing way the other way on the news. So now make Green Bay the second thing. On one team. Let everyone who's betting the news at Square. Bet fast, bet at the worst price, and then in the next week or two, they drifted up where it should have been at the close. I or, I, I, right off the and they, and they don't adjust the other thirty-one teams. Mm-hmm. One of the things that McKenzie and I were talking about uh, when all this went down, when Rogers and Wilson went down, there was about an hour between the two announcements, and the Broncos had been twenty or twenty-one to one, and then when the when Rogers resigned, Broncos twenty-five to one. And then Sweet an hour spot. later, the Russell Wilson news comes out 13 to one, <laughs> which makes sense because yep. there was one last, I mean, in theory, there's three home runs. There were three home runs, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. We can question his second halves the last two years. And then Deshaun Watson with question marks, but obviously a top five quarterback when healthy in his last year was, or I'm sorry, when available, right. when mentally healthy. Speaking maybe. of top quarterbacks. So the AFC West now has four of the top 10 quarterbacks. So, so you've got Carr in the top ten? Ninth, yes. Who do you have, Herbs? Oh, yeah, Herbs like six. But you have Herbs over um, Russell Wilson? No. What? Where's my Where's my quarterback list? I've oh. got it. I've got it. All right, so. Thank you. 
Uh, I got Wilson fourth I because I felt he was compromised with injury last year. All right, so do this for me. No, for not next week because we're going to have all NCAA tournament stuff. And by the way, just do the schedule real quick. We'll be coming out like Tuesday night with the Thursday games, and we'll come out – Normal time, so it will probably be. You know, we should probably do Wednesday early too, because once the games start on Thursday, it's going to be hard to listen for the Friday. Yes. So I think we should try to get that out 24 hours later. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, we'll do that, and so Tuesday night, Lena. Let's think about it. Nine o'clock Eastern. I think we should be out Tuesday night with the Thursday games. Nine o'clock Eastern on Wednesday for the Friday games. Beautiful. And maybe even a little earlier. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe. And I'll be talking about my bracket, and that will be for sale, which is always our biggest seller. I don't know. Fez's props are competitive with it at this point. Um, For two weeks, once you have the time, look into this. Russell Wilson, second half of 2020, 2020, so not the most recent season, season before, second half, his... uh, uh, expected points added was 23rd in the league. Mm-hmm. All right. Last year, post mallet finger, he was, what was that? McKenna, 17? Was it? That's right. 17. So below average second half of the year, both years. Now you can say it was an injury lingering. Okay. Maybe, mm-hmm. but the year before, same thing. So my thought is literally he's had like four good games in the last since mid 2020 so maybe russ as he's gotten a little older not quite as elusive when he gets banged up all of a sudden russ can't cook he can't get away with these mm-hmm. unconventional scrambles that maybe when he's fully healthy he does get away with or is it just that the five games he played before he got hurt that were pretty good were an aberration he still has the ability to get to that level he just over the course of the last I mean, really effectively, let's think about this season and a half. If you take mid-2020 mm-hmm. and you say from there to the end of 2021, that's a season and a half, right? He's played like six or seven good games. Let me ask you this. It seems like really short sample that when you have a really top quarterback mm-hmm. and I now can... he goes to a new team, it's almost it almost revitalizes him, whether it be Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Well, where Manning, before he got hurt, where the Colts was just as good as he ever Fair was. enough, fair enough. Matt Stafford. Um, um, mm-hmm. Joe Montana. I mean, there's a long history of guys that all of a sudden people are talking about not as good as, you know, he's, he's declining. And even I'd argue Aaron Rodgers after Jordan Love gets drafted. Oh, for sure. There, you know, Though, it's like, the, I, I'm going to pose this about Aaron Rodgers. I thought it was effort, but he didn't make near the same effort in coming into last season. I think it's LaFleur's offense. I think mm. that second year in that offense. Gelled. That's and, a great and point. listen, I was on the top of the mountain saying I think Aaron Rodgers didn't try as hard last year right. in the offseason. I thought he'd have a down year. I was wrong. Right? I was wrong. Um, I was wrong. It, didn't I play him under nine? <laughs> They're like, well, that was two years. Yeah. So with, 13, with every year wins. they win 13, Fez. You might want to get with the pro. LaFleur's good. Um, one other Russell Wilson possibility is the scheme guys, the, the offensive coordinators for Seattle just weren't good, mm. right? And maybe they were. Just, it was kind of that scenario where once the league has half a season on you, you don't have any more tricks left, mm. right? I think. And Sh- it seems like whenever an interception gets thrown, they're like, oh, establish the run more. Let's get back to basics. And it's like, you got a top five quarterback, certainly a top 10. 
I think top 10 now. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you actually look at his PFF grade, there's only about three years he was good. I mean, he was a game manager for a while. You know, he's never gotten an MVP vote. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's, that's good. That's good. Now, is that sarcastic? Yeah. I yeah, because it's meant to cut. Yeah. yeah. But in this case, he's being sarcastic about everyone knows it. So the fact I'm saying it is overkill. That's, mm. but I don't understand. So it's sarcasm if he was talking to Russell Wilson. No, he's as a media member, he's saying, I'm going to make a statement that sounds like I'm really saying something noteworthy, but it's been said so many times, it's now cliche. Mm. It was facetious. But I understand sarcasm, I think. Can we agree? Yep. You know, going back to that division, so here's my season win numbers in the uh, AFC West now. So this is you projecting. Yes. Um, I'd be curious to um, yeah. forced over under your first – Kansas City, 12. Under. Denver, 10. Over. Chargers, 9.5. Over. Raiders, 8.5. Under. Yeah, I think the Raiders – you know what? It seems like the Sharps have been betting against the Raiders, and I think directionally they've been right – and they're just getting un- – the Raiders are winning so many But there was like games. six and a halves. Now you're saying eight and a half, though. Yeah. So, so now finally I think that this goes back to – I was thinking about you. Like, like You're like, Fez, oftentimes, you know, you get you, – you jump off the bandwagon just when it's time to fire. You know what? The Raiders – I love that. The Browns taught. I mean, it didn't work. Or oh, it did work. Remember, like, three years ago, there was a lot of Browns love. It got up to nine. Yes. They disappointed. Next year was the year they made the playoffs. Post-hype sleeper. It's when everyone isn't betting. When someone said, I had my fill of those guys, that's the time to bet them. It's five months ago. RJ, the Browns have never had a winning record. Over the past 14 years. Well, well, remember, you were wrong that year, but you've been, but in a weird way, the fact the Steelers made the playoffs this year and the Browns didn't, <laughs> is that anything but institutional? Mm. So, what's your take on Russell Wilson? I think this is very Matt Stafford esque. It's taking a guy who was in a situation that. Matt Stafford, except they made the playoffs every year, except the last year. Okay. But the upgraded quarterback is oh, so you're saying for the incoming team? Yes, All yeah, right. yeah. I, I mean, I th- I think for the the Broncos are making a Rams type move in that the the Seahawks. I think as the Seahawks are currently constructed, they knew that they were no longer going to be a viable contender with Russ. Here's the question: the owner Paul Allen's died. Now the sister's running the team. Mm-hmm. Sister's hands off by all accounts, and it, he, he she trusts. Uh, P. Carroll and the GM. My thought is, is this about the long-term interest of Seattle or Pete Carroll doesn't want to deal with Russell Wilson anymore? And he'd rather go mm. f- collect his big money and go 6-11 and 11 and just not have the hassle. I think cutting Bobby Wagner on the same day tells me they're looking for a full reset. And that is indeed our season win number. AJ and I, 6 is, is our Seattle number. You're going to go over or under? Mm. Sounds like you, you, you like that number. I would go over. I just think Pete Carroll's a good... Mm. Uh, listen, remember the first two years with Seattle... Beast mode. He won a playoff game. I mean, he can. He's like Tomlin in a way. He can raw, raw up a team that's down. But six and eleven, if with Drew Locke at quarterback, who knows? I, listen, I don't think Drew Drew Locke is as bad as Pete, especially if Drew Locke is playing under Pete Carroll with a lot of running and going deep occasionally. He'd be like Bradshaw in seventy six. We disagree on Drew Locke. My last point on Seattle. I, I got him number twenty seven. Okay, uh, Seattle, real quick. Or, or more specifically, Russell Wilson. What do you see right now as the Super Bowl odds for Denver? I felt like they weren't upgraded enough. So Denver is the number six pick at six favorite. Thirteen, yes, at 
Thank you. At 13 to 1. All right, here's my question. If we assume Russell Wilson and, and Aaron Rodgers are even, I don't think they are, but let's just do it for simplicity for a second. Is there any question that Denver's, the rest of Denver's uh, team roster is, is way better than Green Bay's? Way better. I mean, could the case be made that Denver had – people always throw San Francisco in there. I think that's anachronistic. I don't think San Francisco has that deep team anymore. I think they did they three did. years they, ago. They did. So who who's the other teams with a great roster? Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Non-quarterback right. roster yeah, you're talking. I agree, yeah, I agree. But they have hardly any playmakers at receiver. Right. Right? So especially if they're letting go of – Miami. Oh, they had the worst offensive line in football. So right there you can't be on that. Right? I mean, Miami, there's a lot of hype around them. Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is if, if you got a top five quarterback. Colts. The, Colts. Oh, now, see, that goes into the whole PFF discussion. They've got great players at low-value positions. Mm, like Guards, middle linebacker. Middle linebacker. Mm. It's an interesting thing. They might yeah. have missed on some stuff. Safety, mm. right? Yeah. Is, to me, the question becomes – Let's say Colts, fine. But which of those teams that we just ticked off have a top even 10 quarterback? No, except Denver. Yeah. Titans. And even San Fran, if we want to put San Fran in there, doesn't have a top nope. 10 quarterback. And who knows what they got after they trade Jimmy G. Titans, okay. And Tannehill's what? Iffy. But what, and what about this one, the Rams? Let's see who they retain. the healthy the healthy okay. the healthy okay. Rams without the any injuries seed, the fourth seed Rams and see who the Bucks keep off of this yeah, as well. Yeah, that's a good point. But they're not going to have a quarterback. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the only team that is in the discussion to have an elite quarterback and a top roster just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, AJ, he only wants four teams in the college football playoffs, mm -hmm. and like if he if he had his way in the NFL, you know, the Rams wouldn't have made the playoffs because he'd go with four teams, right? But then how would he have worshipped at the altar of Stafford? I was right about him. I know, but it shows you how you're – he's just – he's sardonically saying – I know. All right. <laughs> Fez so, wants college football to have the NCAA tournament where – So, Fez, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree – I didn't even listen. I just laughed. <laughs> uh, <would laughs> no, I'm just, I actually didn't hear you because I was I, – I did start talking. What would you say? I said Fez wants the – he wants college football to be the NCAA tournament and have 64 teams. That's not true, is it, Fed? No, but I, the point I was making is, is if, oh, if, if college football always had eight and then they had discussion, I think we should scale it back to four. They would, you would just be lambasted the media. That's the stupidest. Imagine right. March Madness. Let's go to 32 teams for March Madness. We got too many teams with 68. I this also sucks. did not say that the NFL playoffs have too many teams. So he was being I was. Sar sarcastic yeah, as well. Why don't we all just tell the truth? Okay. Let's try that. All right. <laughs> La last thought, Fez. Wouldn't you agree the fact that Denver's where they are in the futures market, it's the market telling you they don't, they have questions about Russell Wilson. Oh, absolutely. And right. I go back to remember, we also. But you disagree. You think there's value on Denver at this price. You have to. They're the only team with an elite roster and an well, elite quarterback. Well, what is this? The, the, the 49ers are fifth? Yeah. Well, the 49ers and the Broncos are, are like pretty equal teams, except for one has a, a, a really good quarterback and the other has no quarterback. That's, that's, that's like if you gave me a last longer. And I can have the Broncos, and you get the 40. Mackenzie, you can—I'll I'll lay Remember, money. Remember, NFC's a lot easier. There's some—the the toughness of the division in it. Well, the AFC enough, West I'll, is also a very tough division. I don't care. I'm That's laying, what I'm saying. I'm saying the NFC. What are you laying, Fez? I'm laying minus 150. I last longer. 
my I'll Denver team against your crappy 49er team. I'll and take Trey it. Lance. There's two positions that really matter, and I like our head coach on this one. Okay, so how much is the bet? 300? Yeah, 450 to win 300. Damn. Fabulous. See in a year or 11 months. We'll, we'll settle up. Last uh, that was unnecessary. All you had to do is say, I took your bet, buddy. I'm in. Press the button. And I'll give McKenzie 100 to 1. He can't beat me at a chess game. <laughs> one, one game. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> 100, I, someone offers 100, 100 to 1? On anything you I take. I feel like I should take in that. In a three-hour chess game, you'd beat me 1,000 games in a row. And by the way, did you ever see the family ties where Alex P. Keaton is studying for his exams and he starts taking amphetamines? Yeah. And he paints, <laughs> <laughs> and he paint, and he paints the bedroom? Yeah. I think Fez might be... Uh, do you have an Adderall prescription, Fez? I'm on, I'm on the He's on one. Fed. I've been, t- I've been t- uh, I-, I took Sudafed last week and I and I can't get off of this it. This reminds me, I'm a, it's got me by the balls. He's like, I've started cooking it in a lab now. It's like <laughs> they call it, my Smurfs are returning and sometimes they're empty handed. I'm like Kramer. I need the chicken, Jerry. The chicken is good. I need the chicken. See, I've see. been in touch with my chemistry teacher from high school. Good chicken. Good chicken. <laughs> don't scream into the mic. That's the one time you he, he, I've never seen a guy radio ten years. He goes into the mic and screams. Good chicken. Exactly. <laughs> Just go. All right. Last thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. This reminds me of when Fez had two white wines at a pizza shop. What, what, what was that at? We were Grimaldi? with the Pulitzer Prize winner. I don't think it was the Pulitzer. It was, it was, it was, I'm sorry, Don Venata? It was with Don. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. I'm talking about when we ate down across from the um, the district. Oh, yeah. And he had, a t- he had a shirt on that was like silky and kind of tight. And after the second wine, his nipples got hard. It oh. stayed hard the whole time. <laughs> and he was telling a lot of, like, let's just say, and there was this one girl back at Northwestern. That was kind of story. Two wines Wendy, does that to you? It, it was Wendy in Cancun. <laughs> I was with my buddy Dan. I wore a silk shirt that night. It was hot and steamy. And we ca- I did. I was totally unsuccessful. I am editing. The, I, I'm going to edit this with my work. No, they want to hear it, I of think. Of course they do. It's weird. I Go was ahead. completely unsuccessful. I came back home. And Dan's like, he takes a look at me, and I'm ring, literally wringing my shirt out like that that broadcast news guy. You know, he was sweating through uh-huh. his jacket. And Dan looks at me, he's like, yeah, all that sweat didn't help. That's it. Sweat like a pig. Wendy said, no go. <laughs> I think so in real life, guys. Did you sweat guys, every night of your college life? No, this was on spring break. This was uh, <laughs> in Cancun. But what was the cause the other night? My personality. <laughs> looks. It's funny. I do think I. That's a great line. Why don't you think you ever got laid in college? <laughs> Personality and looks mostly. And I didn't wear deodorant. <laughs> Couldn't I, dance. Cut, I used the the flow bee to cut my <laughs> hair. You know what's funny? I do think there's something to that. You talk it in existence because Fez objectively is a good looking guy for his age. Agreed. I mean, he is. It's just there's some people. It's walking around hunched over. I mean, you, duct tape like, shoes. I mean, what I'm saying is, it's like, but he keeps talking himself down looks wise. I think Fez is one of these. I, I haven't seen a picture of Fez when he was 20. Mm-hmm. You're just guessing. I'm just guessing Fez was not in the high end of, of like the high percentile. Then he should be appreciating it now. He should appreciate it now. He's bringing out a picture. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there was a good bit of acne. I'm eager to see this. I'm guessing there's a it's lot of acne. It's going to take a while. Okay. All right. Let's do this. I am done. Okay. I'm already 15 minutes late. But you know what? You got. I wanted to hear Fez's story. <laughs> now, you know what we'll do? When Fez is finally going to retire 
And let's hope it's a long way into the future. Oh, my God. Little you brother. are heavier set then. Little brother and me. Your fa- how is your face thinner now? Who told you to do this goatee like this? I don't know. It was a disaster. Look at that. Because it makes your face look blocky. What year was this? You were what? Probably 22? 20 years ago. Uh, no, 20 30. years ago. That's like the 32. Yeah, probably 32. Yeah. I tell you this. I wouldn't want to fight you necessarily. Mm. Look at doesn't yeah, he look, yeah. doesn't he look like like almost like he played football? He doesn't look as bad as I expected to look him to look. But that's dirty. Oh, here's about uh, twelve years ago with the event no, when I first met. Do we have bad. any pictures of you like in college? Yeah, I, I got to find. No, you actually, yeah. Jesus God, dude, you look, you should have been getting laid left and right. Look at that. He looks he looks like he could be a Greek, like a dude that was like a, a rich guy that for, with a Greek. He looks Greek. Yeah, dude, this I mean, isn't bad. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah, but I'm guessing in high school his ears were out, and it all happened then. I'm guessing, dude. I swear to God, that's that looking good. pretty good there. Huh? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. Upset. <laughs> but now, now we got to see. But you can't leave. Things. I got to ask you about something else. Go ahead quickly. NFL coaching. It's important. So I'm. It's, it's important. So <laughs> Concur. The, so every time the media, when I'm doing hits and stuff, they're asking me about the new coaches, and I've been saying, look, I don't know. This is I really don't know about the new the guys coming in, but this I say this I do know. You're saying the guys that are virgins, like not McDaniel's, you right, or whatever. Right. Okay. But I do know this. I know Flores was a good coach. Mm-hmm. I know Zimmer was a good coach, mm-hmm. and I know Sean Payton was a great coach. Okay. So I've I have a certainty, like with the Saints. Wow, this is a big downgrade. Has Plus, it's be. a coach that was on staff, so you're it's all lost. Yes. On that same note, you well, know the I guys who were bad coaches, right? On the same note. Hey, you, I don't think we can do worse than Joe Judge. At the very least, we get another really mm. bad coach, and we do the same, right? Yeah. So you're making a, a very interesting point. The relative, there's uncertainty, but directionally, in some cases, you can be pretty sure. Yes. Okay, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Okay. You guys are gonna talk, Mackenzie. You got anything good on the NBA? Always, every day, but nothing in particular that you need to do for the podcast. I don't like that pregnant pause. What was he doing? Were you I, I leaning back in your chair? I think he was face? thinking about whether he should just say amen, brother. Why doesn't he just <laughs> t- – why don't you just say something immediately? That would be a good piece of advice. Amen, brother. I hear you. Um, let's do this. At the end of the pod, why don't we give him five or seven minutes to hit us with some NBA? Beautiful. Right? And you guys are going to talk uh, – you're going to do that. The only thing I want to stress on that system is the idea of how when the movement is happening – and then how it's doing against the opener versus the close. And this is when AJ's been asleep, for example. It's been moved. When he wakes up, he's like, Jesus, things moved. And, and then you guys are doing the college basketball. And I'm just going to repeat one more time. Make sure you use the button. I'm going to repeat one more time. Next Tuesday, we're taping in the afternoon. It will be out Tuesday night for the Thursday games, NCAA tournament. Then same thing Wednesday for the Friday games, tape in the afternoon, out by 9 p.m. Make sure you follow RJ Bell's dream preview. All right, boys, we're lined up. I, we're in trusted hands here. All right, before we get into some college basketball, got a couple minutes on NBA. Steve, you've got some questions about the NBA. Yes, so hopefully McKenzie can help me out with this because I believe we have had a season in the NBA like none other, and specifically being – Normally, the NBA starts, and Golden State's supposed to win 60 games, you know, when they have their dynasty team, and they win 65 games or whatever it is, 
the dominant teams tend to be dominant. And the one theme that I've noticed, if I go back to what the season win numbers were to start the year, like the Lakers and the Clippers were both around 50 and Milwaukee was like 57 and Brooklyn was up there as well. Maybe not that high, but you get the idea. And it seems that although there have been Phoenix certainly is on pace to win over 60, but aside from them, this has been a year more than any other where the teams, if you had just taken, it's like the opposite of the NFL. In the NFL, if you try to play the teams that are projected to win 12 games and play them all under, you just, you're bankrupt. You don't have any money left because the Chiefs go over along with all these other teams every year. The opposite has happened in the NBA where so many teams that were supposed to be you know, a top three seed, they're struggling just to make the playoffs. It seems like there's been a fundamental shift in the NBA with player entitlement, empowerment, players not playing, teams taking nights off that these uh, it seems that the rules, all things being equal going forward, you've got to be out of your mind to be looking to back a team to win more than 50 wins on their season win, uh, certainly this year. But is that trend going to continue, McKenzie? I think it will. I think you're 100% right. Michael Wilbon said this is going to be the most wide-open playoffs we've ever seen. So that's exciting. But if you look at the regular season, we are seeing a fundamental shift. Maybe it makes exciting more playoffs more exciting, but to me, it makes the regular season kind of more murky. We don't really know what the real effort is. So just two years ago, 2019, five different teams had a season win over 55 games. This year, there was one. It was the Brooklyn Nets, 55 and a half, and they're not going to come close to that number. At the beginning of the year, we said this on Straight Out of Vegas, it seems that even before the season started, we know the Lakers are resting a bunch of people. We know the Nets are resting a bunch of people. So yeah, you would be nuts to go, I mean, unless you're picking a team in the 40s to go over, I think you would be nuts to go over on these season win totals, not knowing how the season's going to play out, what the motivation will be. So does that mean that the Golden State Warriors 73-win season is now like Cy Young's 511 wins. It's just, it's going to be unconquerable. And that's what they said about the 72 win season. Yes. Yes. To answer your question. Yes. They were five and zero in overtime games. So that's a coin flip. That was very lucky. Close games. They were also very lucky. The Warriors shouldn't have won 73 games. I don't think any other team's going to come close. I agree with that. I think that'll be a record that's never broken. So let's talk about the bad teams. Now, historically Tankapalooza hits this time of year and all the bad teams start mailing it in. I have not seen that, and specifically, I've seen quite a bit of perky effort out of teams like Detroit, Orlando, Oklahoma City. Do you think that that is going to continue where you're going to get an honest effort out of these bad teams all the way through the end of the year, or will we finally see the true colors of the NBA where these bad teams just start emptying the bench and mailing it in the final few weeks? I think it's a case-to-case basis. I agree with two of your teams. I'm going to strongly disagree with the Thunder. In the case of the Pistons, they just upset a few teams. They beat the Celtics. Very impressive. They have Cade Cunningham. They have the number one draft pick. They have a reason to think their franchise is on the uptick. Same thing with the Magic and Jalen Suggs. The Thunder, they might have optimism. Shigel Gillis-Alexander is a great player. It's from the top down. There's very clear efforts to not get them to win games. Just a year ago, the Thunder lost 23 of their last 25 games, only covered seven times. This year, Josh Giddy, he has like an ankle, a knee, supposed to be two days. They said in a couple of weeks, we'll let you know where Giddy's at. By the way, he's their, probably their second best player, small forward. So the Thunder, I think, are a fade team. They're losing by 37 right now to the Wolves. I did check that score. But in general, 
the Thunder are very much a fade team, but these other teams, if they have optimism, we see them compete on a night-to-night basis. I just, I, I made one NBA bet all year. It was at the All-Star break. I took your Grizzlies over 53 and a half. 53 and a half. And then I'm feeling real good about that. Then they lost to the Rockets. I think we're what? still. I think we're still okay. You think we're still okay? Oh. The fact, you know why we're okay? Because they got a couple of. I think they're on pace for fifty-four and a half. So I, st- I still think we're game okay. ahead. I think um, like, you would agree with that, Mackenzie. You still like that bet, right? I would. And NBA five thirty-eight agrees too on pace for fifty-five wins. So the, the Rockets have one win in their last ten games. It was against a freaking Grizzly. Now this right? is this is interesting because I gave out on the podcast two best bets, right? I gave out Memphis over, and I believe I gave the Knicks, Knicks under. Under uh, the Knicks have won one game, I believe, since the All Star. Okay, break. so I um, and they play on Friday, so there's a chance for us to go to double up, double dip. The Knicks have about as much chance of going over 35 and a half as Obi Toppin has of winning MVP. Okay, that's <laughs> that's a zero percent chance. Zero point zero. All right, is that all we got on NBA? That's all I got. All right, let's take a look at some of the trends in these conference finals games. And one thing that jumped off the page at me this year, and as we record, there's one more tonight. The Patriot final is tonight, Colgate and Navy. That opened at 130 and a half. Last I saw, it was down to 129. So it's it went down to 126 and a half. Then back up okay. to 129. So, so we'll see what the close is. Factions here in this Patriot League final. We'll see what the close is. My guess is it will be below 130 and a half where it opened. I agree. And what that will be is 12 for 12 on conference finals games being bet down from the open. From the open. From the first number you could bet 12 and, and 0. So, and that doesn't mean they've been 12 and 0 to the under, mm-hmm. but they've been all bet down. Some of them significantly. Uh, the Big South final, for instance, opened 147, got bet, bet down to 140 and a half. Uh, the SoCon final from 143 and a half to 136 and a half. So these are are huge moves, seven point moves. It, that's a that's a massive massive move. Now let me address the size of this move, okay? Because oftentimes the first number that's posted is at Bet Online, all mm-hmm. right? And they have a 250 dollar limit, all right? And it's not unusual if you look at the line history, for instance, with the Southern Conference. Uh, that was Chattanooga, right? Yep, Chattanooga yeah. and Furman. So, chat, the, so the choo-choo's open 149, and like it's like literally at 440, it's 149, and it's like someone is waiting. It's like a sniper style. They're, they've been camped out all night for bet online to put their limits. $250, at least my bet online's 250 Boom. Here comes Brad Powers. It was Brad Powers. P- hits it. It's under 147.5. Hits it again. It's under 145 and a half. Like literally two pops, $500. So although it is the opening number, it's not an opener that people can really bet right. into unless they've been up all night. It, it, yeah, and that's where the 143 and a half comes in. That's the widely available open. Yeah. So these these number they, these numbers are even more you know pushed down than what we're saying because bet online in a way is shaping what the other books, what Westgate's going to post when they finally post. And it's not just bet online. If, if Circa put this up or somebody, yes. now bet online, anyone in, in the world can bet. You have to be in Nevada to bet Circa. But the, but the point is that what's happened, there's been a fundamental shift. The legalization of sports betting has opened the markets up at, uh, it's like the opening bell rings at 
7.30 Eastern now, which is 4.30 a.m. Pacific. And that's when, boom, people can go ahead and buy or sell Anacott Steel or the Chattanooga Total. And that's when the, no, the, the first numbers get posted and people are just ready to go. They're ready to rock. Yep. Like literally when I could even five years ago, you know, I groggy, I get out of bed. As long as I'm betting before 7.30 a.m., the opener's going to be, the number will be within one point of the opener that came up overnight. It's never yeah. been like this before. The average move in a game through 11 games is 3.6 points. And despite that, none of them have middled. Not a one. Not one has middled. And the, the over uh, unders are, there's, I guess you go from the other way, overs are five and six. So there's been six unders and five overs out of those 11 games. The interesting thing to me is some of these, like the some of the lines, some of the totals that they've posted haven't even been close. No, uh, and it really shows. Like we always talk about the odds makers or the betters, who's sharper. And 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 I have to tell you, like uh, the really good betters behind closed doors, they make fun of the bookmakers. They they do, especially the really old bookmakers that the industry talks about how great these guys are and all the money they made for the companies and the like and how successful and 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 gifted they are. No, they basically just had to not screw it up because it's gambling. It's like, guess what? All these, all these blackjack pit boss managers, they're not doing anything. The only thing they need to do is attract <laughs> and retain betters, and they'll be just fine because 95% of the people are, have no chance to win. But, um, and, and really the numbers McKenzie put together illustrate this, that the openers are all wrong. And if you blindly bet every opener since 2018, uh, McKenzie put these numbers together. Uh, I believe, uh, McKenzie, you had those numbers. You, you would win quite a bit of money. What would you have gone betting you're, under? You're 34 to the over, 51 to the under, and a push, 60%. 51, 34? 60, 51 unders, 34 overs, 60, one push. That's 67%. Oh well, yeah. Oh no, that's sixty. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I just can't do math anymore, people. Just, just fire me. I'm. Yeah. I'm, you're, I'm not, you're losing your usefulness if you I just, can't do I, math. I just bash. That's the, funny. The, I use the calculator and I'm like, wait a minute, how did I mess that up? <laughs> I like, I'm like, I'm like bashing these old school fossil bookmakers, and now I'm I clearly I'm, I'm become that mathematically. But if you bet these right before the game tips off, you don't do quite as well. Versus close, you're 42, 42 and two, 50 percent which shows how efficient the closing market has been and how inefficient the opening market has Now, been. here's some from this year in particular. The biggest move I mentioned was that SoCon final move uh, from 136.5, or excuse me, from 143.5 to 136.5, so a seven-point move. It's still missed by 9.5 points. Still what way? It's under. still 9.5 under. One of the shortest moves. That game went overtime. Yeah, one of the shortest moves was Still one way under. 150 to 149 on the Northeast final, so only dropped one point. What, what did the Northeast final land? Uh, it landed 113. <laughs> yep, that's... Uh, Missed a little on that one. That's 36 points under the, the final number. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're missing by huge numbers. The Atlantic Sun final, which we haven't, we haven't addressed on any of our shows or podcasts... The Atlantic Sun final was Bellarmine versus uh, Jacksonville. And because Bellarmine won that game, Jacksonville State, who wasn't even involved in the game, is now in the tournament. Regular season. Regular season champion. So think about that. And I'm, I'm going to be hypercritical of the committee. This would never happen in the NFL. They would never have a stupid rule. The rule no. is if you upgrade from Division Two to Division One. 
you're not allowed to make the tournament for four years. The reason they cite it is they want to be able to, they're striving to make sure that the competitive balance is yeah. there. What, like, like what, why not? What? what like how somehow, somehow you've got an edge coming up from so we're D2. Take only there was a tournament to decide who would go to the bigger tournament. <laughs> like to decide like, if you're competitive enough to play. They don't just take sense. the team names and put them in a drum, people, and pull out like <laughs> randomly the team that's going to the effing tournament. And this is the dumbest thing. I mean, we all, Bellarmine won the tournament. They all got up to dance. They never got the chance. And then meanwhile, Jacksonville, <laughs> who lost to Bellarmine the night after they beat Jacksonville State, now Jacksonville State, who they just beat, is off to the dance. So it's it's a really weird situation. I don't like it one bit. I don't I I think the real answer is don't don't have a rule that says you can't play in the tournament for four not. years. Like of if you're good you, enough to make it, just make these it. old school shrimp cocktail guys that are just like, oh, you know, it's like we're going to protect our, you know, the guys that are that, that we've done business with before. We're not going to let any any new upstart take away any of their bids. But that that conference final got bet from one twenty three to one twenty one and a half, and then landed one forty nine. So, but that was that was an, was that an overtime? No, no, that, oh, that no was, overtime. No, that, you know that live wagering. That game was like a 125 with three minutes to go. It was the most entertaining final couple minutes you will ever see. So the second lowest total that's been po- – no, that's the lowest total that's been posted in the conference finals mm-hmm. went over by 27.5 points. Mm. So Probably shouldn't be teasing those college basketball totals. Don't – yeah, I don't know what – like all I know is – the the numbers, the bookmakers, the market, whoever's shaping the market, they're not that close. They like I, there's there seems like there's some wiggle room on if you know if it's which side you're going to be on. There's some wiggle room. Well, maybe when when you're betting live wagering also and you're watching a game that if you directionally have nailed whether this is going to be an under or an over, you probably don't have to sweat that you missed the opener by three points if so, you play the worst number. So with about, I think there's 10 conference finals still to be played over under how many get bet down from the opener. Will everyone? Will it? Will this should be across the I'm board? I'm going to say sweep? there'll be one that doesn't. Okay. And the one that doesn't will be like a Big Twelve final or a Big Ten final, where both teams are already in the tournament. And what will happen is that there'll be a coach speak saying, "You know what? This is like Iowa's going to be in the finals. It could be like a happy action, fun game because well, it's a reward game for the players. And both teams are already in the tournament. They don't need the the win. Okay. That's why I. This is and this trend is what kept me off of it because last night. The West Coast Conference tournament was the first example of a, a tournament final where both teams were safely in. And, Gonzaga and, and, and St. Mary's and you are had both it in. Get bet down below the 140. It, it started it, 142, got bet to 140, and I was like, mm. I want to bet the over because it's a Gonzaga game and it's lined at 140. I feel like this is I should be what if, and you if, got a St. Mary team that hacks down 12 it, with seconds oh, remaining. Oh boy, poor St. Mary's backers who came all the way from. San Francisco to bet hard-earned dollars on their team against Gonzaga and their team fouls down 12 lined 12 and a half. Ouch. Oof. That covered the second half. They're down 10. What was the second half line? Maybe five and a half? Something like that, yeah. But I didn't bet the over because of this trend of unders. And But there, but there is no trend of unders. There's a trend of Unders on openers. That, that is true. So you, you, so basically, what this is saying is that it's it's going to be fifty fifty at um, at close. So trust your handicap, and if as long as but 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 don't you dare ever think about betting an over. I'm going to throw the media under the bus. I'm watching like 
some other media places and, and like the numbers just coming up. Right. And they're like, oh, I like the over in that game. And it's like you realize every one of these games is going to get bet. Wait lower. 20 minutes yeah, you know, and you'll yeah. like the over more. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which is why, I, again, I would have said if, if, if this were a regular season game and it said Gonzaga-St. Mary's total 142, I would have said, ooh, mm-hmm. I'll take the over. But I said, I'll wait. I thought it might get pushed down even more than it did. It only got pushed down two points, which has been – that is the, set, the third smallest – push almost every game's being pushed more than like I said average been 3.6 by the way if I have to watch one more college basketball game where a team at the end of the first half scores with 40 to 38 to 40 seconds left and the other team that has never played a college basketball game their entire lives clearly rushes to inbound the ball when the play clock is 37 and now they don't get the final shot because the shot clock's 30 yeah it's it's like a fourth grader would say you know Take her time. Tick, tick, tick. It's almost like baseball. I think, Mackenzie, how long before you got teed up for delay of game could you go? I think you could go eight seconds after a basket with you could, 40. You could shave five off, no problem. No problem. You know, if you tie your shoe, you know, <laughs> pretend like to pick up. Oh, I dropped the ball. Yeah, just miss the ball. Up. Just have the ball run exact away from you. Kick it accidentally, you know, inadvertent kick, you know, and they, 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 it, it, they never stop the clock. And it's, it's the dumbest rule ever. At the end of the first half, they and true in the second half, in the final minute, the clock stops. Why the hell doesn't the clock stop in the final minute of the Good first question. half? And yet, you know why? Because no one's, there, there's no one smart enough in any of these coaching staff, I mean, I got a, I got a question. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. But um, well, you met Coach K. Did you ask him? Well, since I was already costing him in the bathroom, I felt it. <laughs> I felt it wasn't it was inappropriate. Yeah, at met, the time. Met, met Coach K. at Michaels at South Point. I'm sorry, I, I stalked the man. So I apologize. All right, he's a great man. Let's get into. Is he a great man? <laughs> Chicago he took guy. The, the most thankless job of all time. He, he coached the U.S. Olympiads. You either lose or you meet expectations. That's not an easy job. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if he's a great man. He's a great coach, certainly. But I, I always go back to the kid that he, like, chastised in the handshake line. And then he Dylan said, Brooks, yep. And then he said, I didn't say that. And then the tape came out of him saying exactly what they accused him of. And he was like, Okay, yeah, I might have said it. Hey, you had to put, you had to put up with Bobby Knight for a while. You know, come on, give give the guy a break. All right, before we get into our game, I got to save the people some money, Fez. I got to I got to help them save some money here as they get into March Madness. You know, they're going to want to use these these coupons. They're gonna they're going to buy some picks, probably from you. They they should buy, or may, hell, maybe from McKenzie. Maybe they're loving NBA. And did you win your NBA play today, McKenzie? How would I know that? I've been at work. He's been working all day, Fez. He'll know. You, you, so you've been surfing porn when you're looking away and not checking the scores? I purposely don't check the scores during the podcast. That's commendable. But whoever you're into, and you know what? Let me, let me, Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah? Let me toot my own horn for just a second. Go ahead. UFC package from Saturday. I heard... Someone went undefeated. Seven and zero. Oh. Seven and zero. Oh. Wait a minute, but a hundred dollar better. How much did he win? Twelve hundred eighty dollars. I'll take it. Yeah. So you had you had four favorites, three dogs. Uh, no, I th- I think four plus monies. Four plus money. So more. So it would pay more than the um, yeah. hundred twenty eight to one. Yep. Yeah, it, it was it was good. Uh, it was, well, it wasn't all, it wasn't a parlay. It was all. Uh, I understand. Yeah. So, but it people did well. 
people it was a good, it was a good night so if you're if you're into the UFC that's available as well uh but there's something for everybody out there is what we like to when say when is the next UFC card there's one Saturday this Saturday yeah you got will your, you be, when, when will you be releasing I it'll be released tomorrow outstanding yeah um well you th- let me know this time I should you're say playing, right? Thursday it should be released so Mackenzie uh, sends me his NBA I'll, I will send you my UFC. I didn't know if you were into that kind of stuff, but I'll I'll, uh, um, I'll send you what I got. I actually feel if if they invented UFC first and then someone invented this thing called boxing, people would say this is the dumbest sport ever. It's like you can you can only like <laughs> I enjoy pun- both. You can only punch. I, I enjoy both and myself. You, but... um, compared to like this which, this other um, um, uh, contest where you can u- fully utilize you know all the possibilities to knock. Out an opponent's much more realistic. I, I I do agree. Whoever you want to buy here at pregame.com, we make it easy for you. One time promo code CHAMP20, C H A M P 20. 20% off. Whoever can I buy? Can I buy an annual? Can I get McKenzie's annual? Yes. That's outstanding. Ask me another one. Can you get a, a all access weekender? Yes. Can Which, I buy Dave Essler's dollar? If when the next time he's the dollar and get it for fifty cents? Well, no, you would get it 80 for, for eighty cents. Your ma- again, your math is slipping. <laughs> uh, but yes, I get, technically you could. That would feel like a waste of the coupon code, though. <laughs> That's kind of like like every now and then someone's like, you know, first deposit twenty percent bonus. I'm going to deposit a dollar. Yeah. So, but but if you $1. said if you said you know what, I'm gonna I'm looking forward to football already, and I know Steve Fezzik is going to kill it at football. And you, there's a package that they put up where that's uh, Fez and I together. All my, all my college, all Fez is NFL. Twenty percent off that. So whatever you want, twenty percent off. Champ USFL is coming. Of oh, watch Fez kill it. Watch him kill it. You know these baseball guys. We don't talk about baseball. F baseball. F these greedy owners and the lockout. And everything associated with baseball, we're just going to bet football. Well, you know what they did properly? They got right. The shift. Bigger bases. Oh, bigger base. Like, like that's been very this. important to me for a yeah, long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see. We're we're right on the cusp of things. You know what? They, studies have shown there's fewer injuries with bigger bases. Mm. So. Forty years later, we're going to increase the base size. Very good. Like back in and, and literally, correct me if I'm wrong. They actually like they they're based on each side at first base. At first base, yeah. Right. I mean, it's like the, so. Little league is like light years in front of yeah. MLB. They figured it out. Wonderful. All right, let's get into the game that RJ set up. We we took the twelve teams, and now I guess the first question is of the the top thirteen, uh, and actually there's fourteen of them because there's a three way tie at thirteen. Did you think, or three-way tie, tie at twelve? Did you think that if I if I said these are the teams that can win the tournament, did I leave out any teams that you think can win the tournament? Let me take a quick look. Uh, so I'll read my list here: Gonzaga, Arizona, Kentucky, Auburn, Duke, Baylor, Purdue, Kansas, Nova, Tech, Texas Tech, uh, Tennessee, and Illinois. That was the end of my list. And the two teams in the odds, in the top 15 in the odds that I left out were UCLA and Houston. Uh, the teams that you might be wondering about, Wisconsin I left out, Arkansas I left out, Texas, uh, USC, North Carolina. So those are the teams that I left out. Yeah, Arkansas can win the tournament. Okay, so you would have added Arkansas. Did any of the teams that I had in, any of my 12 teams, did you think that they could not win the tournament? I don't think Purdue can win. Okay. I think Purdue is massively overrated. They got that nine foot tall guy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Um, their chemistry looks all wrong for a team. Every time I watch this team, they look no better than the number eight or nine seed they're playing on every one of the games. Maybe it's selective viewership. The games I just happened to watch at Purdue, they don't impress me at all. The problem with Purdue is, and the reason why they don't fit a typical model that says they can win a championship is because they suck on defense. Yes. Uh, but they are so and – and you know what? Maybe I'm contradicting myself because you could say the same thing about Iowa. They can't win. They, I don't, they never win. I don't think they can win. But Every per, year, Allen Boston, this is a Final Four team. Allen, they're not even going to get out of the first weekend. But be, Iowa sucks. But because Purdue has... Might be got, better this year. Iowa it, might be better this year. They're good, but they suck on defense. Yeah. But Purdue's got NBA talent, so I, I'm like, oh, this is the best offense in the country, number one ranked offense in the country. They are 100th in defense, which... So for me to say they suck when they're better than 248 teams is, is probably overkill. But when you're talking about a, a national title contender, a team with the 100th best defense doesn't win the national championship. Now, when they're playing Texas Tech in the uh, third rounds, right. and all of a sudden it's 38-37 with eight minutes to play. So we will we'll leave Arkansas out, which if you think they can win, 50-1 to 1 is the number. Uh, and we'll look at the 12 teams that I circled and – I want to know, and RJ said, forced bet, six of them you buy at their current number, six you sell at the current number. And we're going to have a crossfire on the ones that we disagree on. Um, So let's start at the top, Gonzaga. Buy. Agreed by that right now the the current odds have gone, uh, the the odds have shortened on them, plus 370. Clear cut, best team in the country. Only concern is if they played the tournament in December, they win it. But now... The, the knock on the Zags has always been they play the elite competition in November, but then they beat up on the cupcakes, and they're not ready to go. Well, their conference is actually pretty good this year. Yeah. So that's that's in their favor, I believe. Yeah. Uh, three, potentially four teams from their conference going to make the tournament. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a good season. And they did – they played Texas non-conference. They played UCLA. They played Duke. They played Alabama, Texas Tech. They go out of their way non-conference to test themselves. So this is a battle-tested team. Uh, and then St. Mary's is, is a, a top 20 Ken Palm team. I mean, this oh. is a very good team. So uh, we agree on Gonzaga. Arizona, number two at plus 650. Clear-cut second-best team in the country. I'm buying Arizona, like everything about them. I think the loss at Colorado was an aberration, scheduling-related. Every time I watch this team, it looks like that they're just um, – I hate to use eye test. They're really freaking good. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I've heard people say they're too young. Maybe they are, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I mean, there's four freshmen and a sophomore, um, and it's a first-year coach. Which I don't know if a first-year co- a first-year head coach, McKinsey. Maybe you can check that out while we're doing this. Has a first-year head coach ever won the NCAA tournament? Mm-hmm. My instinct would be to say no, because I, th- I feel like it'd be a huge deal if they had, right? Like, who's when does that ever happen? I mean, I guess maybe if like you're taking over a team, yes. like whoever, like when when they take over for Mike Shashevsky next year, it's not like Duke's going to have a bad team. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's interesting. I would bet no. There's never been a first year head coach. Correct. Win. Kevin Ollie won it after two seasons. Be- besides him, nobody else mm. within their first five. Really? So this would be so no one who's Kevin Ollie's the only guy who's ever coached less than five years. To win a tournament. Yes, according to CBS Sports, Steve Fisher was an interim 
1989. And then Don Haskins did it in year five. Tom Izzo did it in year five. My boy Larry Brown did it in year seven. Mm. Don Haskins at Texas Western, now UTEP. That's the Glory Road. Good movie. I've heard. Good movie. You've never seen it? I have not. Is your boy interested in movies like that? Would he like a, a, a feel-good sports movie? Nah. No? My kids love them. They eat them up. I, we've seen you know, them all. You know what we're going to see is Big. He hasn't seen Big yet with oh, Tom yeah. Hanks. My kids like That's Big. a good one. Oh, yeah. My kids like Big. What about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Are you going to show them that? Probably I'm going to wait a while because of the adult content. And I, Ferris Bueller's Day Off has a weakness. The protagonist is not very likable. You gotta, really? you, you, yeah, you love Cameron. You love the girl. Ferris is like the most likable character ever. He's no. like, how do you not cheer for him? Everybody likes him. The dweebs, hey, the I shitheads. Hope, <laughs> I hope you're lying in the movie. <laughs> I hope your brother's feeling better. Oh, screw you. <laughs> She's the only one who doesn't like Ferris. Yeah. His sister is the well, only one. The beauty one. of that is that what made the movie so good is like that Bueller. Bueller, like, yeah. like, like, you know, the girl is great. The um, Ben Stein, Ben Stein's great. I mean, across the board, uh, they have a Cubs game. You know, well, what's the what's the score? Zero zero. Who's ahead? The Bears. <laughs> what's terrible is the principal in that movie, Principal Rooney. Oh, he's good. He uh, and at the you know at the end of the movie, he breaks into the house, and right? the sister is like. She, she screams and then kicks him because he's broken into the house of a high school girl. It turns out he's a child molester. So that oh, he really is one. in real life. He was oh. the actor was this is so kind of a dark twist. Did he go to prison? Uh, I don't know if he went to prison or not. We should look that up. But yeah, he was the he he he's a pervo. Thank you for that extra information. Let's yeah. move on to our on a related note. Let's move on to the University of Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky, buying or selling? I'm selling. I this I, is our first disagreement. So the, over the course of the year, I went back to we spoke about this in our last. Pod. I guess we have to do this. Kentucky Sorry. and Tennessee basically have had comparable years. I get it. Kentucky, youthful team. They're going to get better. Better coaching. Kentucky seven to one. Where the hell is Tennessee? Oh, 40 to one. So. Yes, Kentucky should be favored over Tennessee to by a factor of seven. No, no, that's that, I do find that to be a little ridiculous. I have a feeling we're going to agree on the next one. And uh, uh, my thoughts on Kentucky, I think that very similarly to the years where they they gel late in the season because they've got a bunch of freshmen, I think a bunch of transfers could work in the same way. So I think that there's a possibility that this team just gets right. In, or I say gets right like they haven't been really, really good all season long, which they absolutely have been. Uh, but I, I feel like they could still play really well in the tournament setting. And my concern would be that, you know, they've lost to the elite teams that they've played. They've beat some of those teams. Mm -hmm. They beat Kansas pretty handily, but lost to Auburn. Uh, lost to Arkansas, and then uh, they split with Tennessee and then lost to Duke at the beginning of the season in a re kind of a non-competitive game, a game that the, I think the final score was eight points and it w wasn't as close as it, as it seemed. So uh, Auburn. We're going to fade Auburn. I'm also Who's, fading Auburn's Auburn. Auburn's going to make this tournament? Who let these guys in? They're, Auburn's going to end up being a one seed probably. So as critical of poor Allen Boston, I'll be, I'll be very um, complimentary – he mentions about teams finding their level and be careful when you're whenever you're putting a team much higher, much lower than they historically have been at. 
And when is Auburn a number one seed? I mean, Auburn, if they're a number one seed, that means they got fortunate. They played well early in the year. They're just not that good. And there'd be a team I'm going to look to actively fade throughout the tournament. Yeah, and they've got some decent wins, non-conference wins. They beat Loyola. Uh, non-conference, they beat Murray State, which in hindsight is a, a really nice win, non-conference. But they didn't – the best Power 5 team that they played non-conference – well, Power 6, I guess, in basketball. Best Power 6 team that they played non-conference was UConn, who beat them. After that, Nebraska. Nebraska. Uh, no one is playing better than Nebraska. Right <laughs> and, oh, and at Oklahoma, they played later in the season. Is, like is, that, when that does weird... Nebraska play their tournament game? Today. What They're started? playing Northwestern, right? Uh, I don't know what we're talking about. A Nebraska team that has like punked uh, uh, Penn State in their crib. Oh, they're playing currently. Took care of uh, two uh, top thirty teams. Who, did, on the you, road. did you like a side Nebraska Northwestern today? This is interesting because I I know the answer is no, but I would be shocked if Northwestern covered. But I didn't want to go. I did. I I did not. Want, I know you're supposed to fade a team that's red hot, undeservedly so, like Nebraska. So I would have bet Nebraska, but I passed. Nebraska. Who, and this is going to blow your mind. Northwestern won 71 to 69. Nebraska was up 14 at halftime. Nebraska blew a massive lead to your Northwestern Wildcats. And I should have bet on them because I know Nebraska is better than Northwestern and they're catching four crappy points. I mean, one of my. I hate playing on a team. That's red hot going into these conference tournaments. It's it's not the way to go. And I think we saw that, you know, uh, we see like Boston College winning today. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? You know, it's like, well, these teams look ahead, you know, Northwestern's like, who are we playing the second round? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're both fading Auburn. Duke, 12 to 1 also. Clear fade. Way Same. too many distractions. Um, and you've got this whole controversy of, I, you know, I didn't actually see Coach K apparently cursed everybody out and ruined the postgame celebration or something. But... Whatever. This is not acceptable. He's a bitter dude. You know, you you wonder like guys like Belichick at some point like what the um, the drive for excellence probably just wreaks a toll on the family <laughs> life. It, it has to. It, it has to. Yes. All right. Let's look at Baylor twelve to one. Sure. What's not to like? Baylor. I I, I think they're getting better. Uh, I test whenever I watch them. Looks like a, a team that could beat anyone. Yes. I'll go against Baylor. Mm. Uh, this is a team that is not healthy. They're losing JTT everyday John, as they call him. Uh, and they haven't had LJ Cryer in weeks. I don't know when he's going to be back. So his nickname is Everyday and he can't go? He can't go. Huh. His name's Everyday John. And he, he had a, he's the one who had the nasty leg injury against mm. Texas. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't <sighs> – this team, they they lost two guys, their two best players last year. You're not going to have, you know, it's not going to be the same team. Arizona lost their five best players last year. Arizona replaced them with better players. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Baylor did not do that. Uh, so we we disagree on them. And then, I, I like, one of the reasons, a lot of people were saying Baylor in the conference tournament, but Baylor's in the same part of the bracket as Texas Tech. Texas Tech beat them twice. It's just a bad matchup. Um, so I, I'm I'm fading Baylor. I think we both agree on 14 to one Purdue. We're fading them. Oh yeah, per, I if you if you said you know I, I saw this a guy in the Midwest bet twenty five thousand on Purdue ten to one, and this was to back, win the tournament. Yeah, this was back in like January, and I just thought to myself, 
Hashtag Bruno Mars, $800 tickets. Hashtag Katy Perry, $300 tickets. Hashtag fool and his money. Hashtag, you know, people um, just uh, make poor life decisions. All right, let's look at... Hate, hate Katy Perry. uh, We are at Kansas, 15 to 1. Uh, Fade Kansas. Also fading Kansas. uh, In a nutshell, um, I'm a bitter person, and the fact that they came up so empty... In their second game against TCU, after they lost to TCU, and they roll the very next game, they're home against TCU, and they almost lose again. And then they're home against Texas after two disappointing games against TCU, and they almost lose again, and yet they somehow cover that game. Uh, this team is not gelling at the right time. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, didn't play well down the stretch. Like you said, the, the non-cover against TCU after the back-to-back losses. And then they did cover against Texas, but that was in overtime. Uh, it's a seven-point win in overtime at home. Not playing great ball right now. I don't know how much they'll prioritize the conference tournament. Um, I guess from a fundamental standpoint, they're built like a team that I kind of like. They've got a good big man, and they've got really good guard play with with Obagi and uh, and Christian Braun uh, and Dewan Harris. But I, I don't. I, there's just something about them that I'm I'm not I'm not really in love with. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm out on Kansas. Villanova at 24 to 1, force bet I would be in on. Now, this actually looks to have value to me, if you can believe it. I'm shocked Villanova's getting 25 to 1. The think about this. So you look at a team like Providence, they're 80 to 1. Villanova's like light years better than Providence. Villanova's like laying three on the road and nine at home against Providence. Um, they're not even the same, you know, galaxy to discuss. Um the I mean Maybe Villanova is not elite, but they're certainly, you know, at the end of the year, if they win the tournament, you could come turn around and say, well, they were the best team this year, you know? And so for a team like that to be 25 to one with the pedigree of success in the past, a really good coach, absolutely. My, uh, and I I agree with that. My one concern on Villanova is if you go back to the non con and you look at their, the four games that they played against high level competition, loss against UCLA, which, was in overtime. It was a painful loss. They should have won that game, but they lost it. Lost to Purdue, lost to Baylor, and then they beat Tennessee. So one and three against high-level competition. And that Baylor game, if you remember, it was 57 to 36. They scored 36 points in a basketball game. Was, it was like, woof. How many, how many games did Gillespie miss for them this year? Just a few, right? Uh, I, I don't think he's played 30. I don't know. Wasn't, he, missed, didn't, wasn't he fighting through an injury then? Uh, missed zero games this year. Oh, I stand corrected. Yeah. Sorry been full, that. full minutes load. Okay. So, um, I, I, I like this team. Um, I, I think that they are probably better than their record says they are. Uh, it, so if, at, you know, forced bet on these top 12, six up, six down Villanova's, uh, they were one of the easy ones for me mm-hmm. to put an up by, uh, Texas tech 25 to one. Sure. What's not to like about Texas Tech? They're they're built to be able to beat anyone. Yeah, Texas Tech is uh, they're a, a down for me. Um, I don't kind of the same way I said about Purdue, I, I, like how Purdue stinks on defense. I just don't think Texas Tech is good enough offensively to to win the tournament. And uh, this is they are the best defense in the country. Fantastic. 
They have they've been without Kevin McCuller. I don't know what his status is, mm-hmm. and they've been without a lot of guys throughout the season. So, and they've they've held their own because uh, they they were without Adonis Arms for a little while. Uh, they were without Terrence Shannon for a, for a good while. They were uh, so they they've dealt with injuries, but he's key to what they do certainly. I don't know what his health status is, and then losing to to TCU and Oklahoma State down the stretch, those are sort of red flag losses to me. Um, I'm I don't know that I can totally trust. They've got a lot of losses on their schedule this year against teams that are like fringy tournament teams or not tournament teams. Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma, TCU, Oklahoma State. I feel like if you're a national champion, you don't lose those types of games, especially multiples of those types of games. So I'm out on Texas Tech. Uh, I've had four up, six down, so I can tell you I'm up on the last two. Tennessee, 40-1. to I'm up on Tennessee. I okay. think, I think they're, like I said, their body of work has been comparable to Kentucky, and they're 40 to 1, and Kentucky is 7 to 1. So I'm up on Tennessee. Yeah, I like Tennessee a lot, and they've they, they've been just killing it. They've won 9 out of 10. Uh, they've won 12 of their last 13 SEC games. They finished the season really strong. They are elite defensively, and they can turn it up on offense. It's, it's spurty offensively. But when they're on, they 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 can be a monster, and I I do like this team quite a bit. I, I like Rick Barnes. I feel like he's a guy who's probably overdue for one. So I I like Tennessee at forty to one. I think there's good value there. And finally, Illinois forty to one. Closest call of the bunch. And initially, I saw I I put them in green, but I've already used up six green, so I got to say you got to say down. I got to say down. Yeah, I I love the way Illinois is built. I loved Illinois. Uh, is a is a preseason future. They have not been as crisp as I'd like to see them. Um, but the way they are built with Kofi Coburn, just a dominant force inside. Trent Frazier. Now there's a guy who could take care of you in the octagon. I'm I'm pretty certain. Yeah, that Kofi Coburn would beat me up. Uh, but Trent Frazier's outstanding uh, defensively. He's he's awesome. Alfonso Plummer's been very good. They, I think they are very well coached. I love Brad Underwood. So this is a team, and and this they're a balanced team. They're top thirty offense and defense, mm-hmm. and Ken Palm, one of the few teams that can say that. So Christmas t- card to um, Wisconsin for allowing them to win the Big Ten. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know how Wisconsin loses that game. Like all you got to do is beat Nebraska, and you're the Big Ten champion. The team, like the last place team. that can't even hold a double-digit lead against Northwestern. The last place team, you can't beat them. Just terrible. So there you go. Uh, To to summarize, so I am down on Kentucky and Illinois, and you're on on them. So we're head-to-head on those. Yep. And I am pro-Baylor and pro-Texas Tech, and you are anti those two teams. I'm anti-Big 12 is probably the easiest way to put it. You know, it's interesting because I don't know if it it came across here, but I am anti-Big 10. I really think like one of the prop bets I'll be looking to play is Big Ten wins because ever you know just the eye test. Whenever I'm watching, I think Michigan State just stinks. I think they're terrible, and everyone's like, "Oh, Izzo, you know, in the tournament, and he has been so good." But um, I go back to Northwestern, a really mediocre, bad team every year, other than their one tournament year when they hung in with Gonzaga. When Northwestern can win half their games, the conference stinks. Yeah, here's the the current list of teams projected in for the Big Ten by br- Bracket Matrix: Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, 
Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Rutgers. All projected in. I do have a best bet. Indiana just out. I have a best bet pursuant to this. Okay. All right, and everyone's going to yell because it's minus 450. All right? Mm, you don't okay. pay the VIG when you win. This is at um, DraftKings has this. Okay. Will Michigan make the tournament? I am betting yes, minus 450. I think it will take a confluence of events that are so extreme for them to, they're going to have to get blown out by Indiana. They'll still be 11 and 10 in the Big Ten. They'll still have a, a, a plus 500 record in the Big Ten. And Indiana will make the tournament with a below 500, 9 and 11 record over the regular season. So if Indiana goes on a run, then Michigan's lost Indiana will look better. If Indiana doesn't go for a run, Michigan's record in the Big Ten will win out. Bottom line is I think there's going to have to be like massive chaos, six, seven teams that weren't going to get a bid to steal Michigan's bid. I don't even think they're currently on the bubble on the as far as the last four. So I think Michigan has a 90% chance to make this tournament. Obviously, if they beat Indiana, they're in. It's going to be close to a pick em. But even if they lose, they'll be one of the last four in. And to recap the ones that we are agreeing on, Gonzaga, Arizona, we both like. Auburn, Duke, we both dislike. Purdue, we dislike. Kansas, we dislike. Villanova, we both like. And then Tennessee, we both like. So Now we skipped UCLA. I left UC- I didn't even add UCLA to my list Just of teams that can win. Healthy. I don't healthy. think they can win. Yeah, I agree with that. So And I skipped Houston. And, and Miracle Run. The only reason they're even appearing on this list is because they win an overtime game in the first round last year. Yep. And and otherwise, they're not even, we're not even considering. I, I think UCLA, if, if UCLA's number said 50 to 1, you could maybe interest me in like throwing a flyer out there. But I, I, 28 I'll give to you one. 80. Oof. Right. I'll give you 80 right now. Mackenzie, you want him? Eighty to one. Not interested. Yeah. There was a year Michigan State was the number two, a number two seed. The mechanical parlay paid one thirty to one. Really? They made the finals. Wow. Now that was against a great. I think that was a great Florida team that they had. Like they were, they were five and a half point dog in the finals. Okay. But um, it just shows basically what happens is that from the round three on, they were just you know right around pick them you know for. Um, and, and, and you start doing the math, um, you know, you have a half, then you have a fourth, then you have an eighth, and now all of a sudden, but wait a minute, I'm only going to win that last game one-fourth of the time. There's a one and, th- and 32, and, and they were a substantial dog in one of their other games. Too. And we've been tracking these conference tournaments, and outside of Gonzaga and Murray State in the Ohio Valley, mechanical parlay. Prohibitive favorites. Mechanical, yeah, both those minus money favorites. Mechanical parlay is the way to go, I and think maybe South the only Dakota State was a kind of like a, it was close. It was close, yeah. And, and the only team left that that fits that mold that, that maybe you're better off just betting them Arizona. Arizona, yeah. yeah. So and Arizona was my best bet on the college pod yep. minus one forty. It didn't hurt. It it did not hurt my case that little sisters of the poor, you know, the 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 rich spoil kids from Stanford somehow were the beneficiary of. By the way, that's where I want my son to go to school. So <laughs> don't send me hate mail. Um, the they, um, they say it's the northwestern of the West Coast. That's what I've heard. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. There's like in the south there's rice. And in the West, there's Stanford, and in Chicago, there's Northwestern. What's interesting is then there's other schools, like academic schools, mm-hmm. um, and like the, the true like best academic school in the country is the University of Chicago, but you'd have to be a complete dumbo to want to go there, at, at least if you... <laughs> Um, it's in terms of social life, and oh, is it like highest a, suicide rate, lowest satisfaction rate? University oh, is of it? Chicago. Yep. Wow, is that why you chose Yale? 
Actually, yeah, it was it was one of my probably top five schools, University of Chicago, but there was a, there was a bleak aura around the campus. One of the low points of my Northwestern career is I was on the chess team and we took the L down to the University of Chicago, which is not, I would not recommend that. And I would not recommend that. I mean, it's sort of the worst part of the city. And we were carrying chess cl- clocks and chess sets. <laughs> so... <laughs> We were we were a chess gang on this the south such a goal. side. I'm just imagining. Did this you have is your so colors golden. on? And we got and we got. You were all wearing purple. Oh you? God! And Eric Schiller and company just—he's like a master. He just smoked us so bad. And then you guys had to like ride the train back, back. all oh, dejected. I, we, we didn't win a game. They we did not oh. win a game against the masters of the University of Chicago, but the, we did finish better than them in the Pan American games, which has got to go down as one of the greatest upsets of all time. Does it bum you out when like you go to a school like Northwestern, which is like one of the elite institutions in the country, and then there's still guys who like shit on you intellectually? Like it, that would just drive me crazy. I'd much rather be like no, because I, I, you know what? I'd, I'd no. li- I like knowing that there's people who go to the Ivy League and go to Northwestern as just like an everyday dude. I like knowing that they're, they're like those are the smartest people I'm gonna I'm gonna come across. I hate knowing that there's a level above that. Yeah, but you look at like the honors program at a school like Michigan or Ohio State, and you've got guys in Illinois that are just so tremendously gifted and. If they wanted to, they could have gone to Yale or Harvard and okay. done, and yeah, done great. Right. I mean, so it's just, so it's 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 very similar to um, Larry Bird played for Indiana State and he was the best player that year in the country. Yeah. You know, and people are like, oh, Indiana State will never have the best player. Well, they did that year. You yeah, know, it's, it's, and that's actually very true because Larry Bird went to Indiana, could have could have played for Indiana, but left because he didn't like the big campus. Hmm. Did he, didn't like the big campus or didn't like Bob Knight? Maybe a little bit from Colin. Mm. Yeah, Indi- yeah, Indiana's not exactly like an intimidating like type of campus that like, <laughs> makes people run home. Well, if you're to, from French Lick. The hick from French Lick. <laughs> All right, that will do it. Uh, RJ's done a great job of, of ending the show with your tagline, but since you're here, we're going to let you end it properly. Hey, when you're betting this March Madness, let's be careful out there.